What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 338, broken up into two parts, A and B. B. A. Thank you, gentlemen. Mm. 338A posting on 711 will be a discussion on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And 338B posting on 714 will be a discussion on Nimona from Netflix. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger Stillian, our lovely perma guest, Chris Bond. Gentlemen, how are we this week? I took a really big bite. Give me a minute. So, yeah, I just watched Chris eat like 10 inches of meat stick. Immediately before your countdown, and he's still <laughs> chewing on it like a uh, like a large animal. Just <laughs> it was it was impressive and disgusting at the same time. You'd be good. you'd be surprised how often those two coincide. Mm. Impressive and disgusting, but yeah. Um, how was the meat stick, Chris? Tell me. Oh, the meat stick was perfect. It was everything go. I wanted. I have that. We have that just looks reason. like heartburn to me. <laughs> For some reason, we have these at the office. We have, uh, like, someone at one time bought, like, cases of these things. They're, they're called chomps. Meat, like, I just have the pepperoni ones, but they're, like, basic. But they're good, but they're, it's, it's a, it's, like, it's a lot of, you know, it's a big meat stick. So, I know what you're going through, Chris. They, they, they have a garlic and herb flavor, which is very good, by the way. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What else is going on, gentlemen? How hot is it down there? It's been so hot here. Today's fine. The last couple of days weren't mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, had a, I went, had, a fam, had a family reunion this weekend, my on my wife's side, and it's like a year. They, they do this thing yearly, and it's hot, <laughs> but they have a good time. It's an all day event for these people. Like, like I don't want to go to my family reunion. This is actually the first year in a long time I'm gonna have to go because I don't work on weekends anymore. Just tell them you do still. Yeah, they know I don't though at this point. But uh, like my wife, like my wife's family, they show up at this place at like eleven o'clock in the morning, and they're there until like eight o'clock at night, and then there's an after party. Afterwards. That's too much. Every single year, man. I don't know. I like going to once every two or three years. I go to mine uh, in, in in Iowa. I, I find it's a lot of fun, and it's the same. It's the one I told you one time that one of my distant um, relatives rocks up and opens his trunk and just he wants fire guns. He has just guns strewn about in his trunk, bullets just rolling around like it's nothing. Uh, but it's always a fun time there. Zach, tell um, me more about this guy. <laughs> um I will mean, he come on this show however you're picturing him right now like it's physically probably is probably correct like <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like it's funny I mean, the have first you seen pictures of steven seagal recently that's what i imagine well it's funny because in 2005 my brother and i went the worst goatee and- i've ever fucking seen in my life in 2005 my brother and i went and this guy just rocks up opens his trunk and my brother's like you know he looks exactly as i pictured the guy doing that would look Exactly. So he hasn't changed. Oh, yeah, much. brother. He hasn't really changed a whole lot in the past couple of years. So, but he 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 loves his guns and he's safe nice. with them. So you know, my family gets together for reunions. You know what they're called? Funerals. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not an uncommon thing. Accurate, yeah. sir. And dark. Yeah, but hey, yeah, you know that's how it goes, Accurate right? And dark. That's how no, it goes, man. indeed. All right, well, what's going on? Anything else? You guys so watching anything I, uh, else? I spent the weekend, or I spent uh, yesterday with a bunch of my friends. That, uh, we get together. We get together once a year in the summertime. Um, this is not my normal go out of town for a week with my buddies thing, but oh, okay. get our families together and stuff like that. So that was nice. Swam in a pool all day, drank a bunch of beers. You know, it was good. Yeah. Went to bed at a reasonable time for once, like a fucking adult. There it was go. great. Because every now and then those kind of nights end up, it's like four o'clock in the morning before you're finally going to bed. Yeah. You're like, ah, shit, I got to be home at like 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> this is garbage. But 
Yeah, it was nice. When do you do your yearly float down the river? So thing? that will be four weeks from today. Okay. Very cool. Actually. So very cool. Yeah, then I, I will not be here, mm-hmm. you know, out doing my thing. I'll ingest large amounts of alcohol and drugs. And... <laughs> very cool. Yep. Yep. You know, we'll try not to drown. No, I don't care. No, I mean, that's, that's fair. If, that's, so, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Yesterday, I went to, I took a walk down the belt line. Um, I'm really starting to. I I, I made a, a deal with myself uh, lately. I'm I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to traverse. However, however I do this, I'm gonna try to traverse and it's tracked by my watch. Twenty miles a week. <laughs> That's my goal. Twenty miles a week. So, and I'm Saturday. Yesterday, I walked for hours in the sun, like hours. The fuck would you do that for? I'm trying to get in better. I'm trying to get back to my college. Yeah, no, shape. but I don't know why you'd want to. Uh... Just go log like twelve miles out in the sun in Atlanta. Well, no, well, okay. I'm getting to the I'm getting to the part where yeah, you can just choice. get a treadmill, right? It was a bad, it was a bad choice, but I like to get out. And <laughs> See, that's what I needed to know. Like, how bad of a call was that? <laughs> oh, come on, man! All right, so I just I just wanted to get out there and see people and see you know just the there's a vibrant uh, community that you know all along the Beltline. There's tons of people doing music and there's all kinds of stands selling stuff. I, I really enjoyed looking at all the stands and I got to the Pont City Markets and. I got to thousands of people shopping and it was just, it was a good time. And I kept walking into up into the heart of Atlanta, the city, and then I had to walk back. But by the time I got back, my head was beating. It was pulsating so bad. I thought it's going to explode. I thought it was going to explode scanner style. The Michael Ironside movie just poof, gone, but nice. it was, and I'm so You're having heat stroke right now. I think so. I think I, think I might've been, and I'm having, and I had, I'm so red right now that I'm sure the next few days I'm going to look reptilian with all my shin, my skin shedding because of all the burns. You didn't put sunscreen on in the Atlanta heat? No, I did. Of course I did. Come on now. You didn't do it right then? Like, like I'm confused. How are you still burnt? Because, I mean, I don't, I guess it was just, it was like 10 hours in the sun. The sunscreen That's lasts like multiple sunscreens, but you didn't, you didn't yeah, reapply well. sunscreen? I did not, Chris. Jesus, you don't have kids. Nope, that's <laughs> terrible parenting. Anyway, I, so yeah, but I'm I feel I feel good, but I'm also very burnt. But I uh, feel yeah. good, but I also feel cooked. You know that that's funny. The the sunscreen reference to people that have kids and people that don't. So whenever my buddies when we get together, there's a clear distinction of the people that have children and mm-hmm. the people that still do not have Wait, children. Well, yeah, because like. You know, we'd be getting ready to go, and the the guys that don't have kids, like they're like bags are just full of beer and yep. stuff like that. And you know, we get somebody like, all right, who needs sunscreen? They're like, oh shit, I didn't bring any. Like, of course you didn't. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Well, like, because uh, like every parent, oh, I assume most parents go through this where like your kid gets burnt once. Oh yeah, and you feel like a you feel like an asshole once. Yep, and then you understand, oh, I have to take care of this thing, and in order to do that with the sun, it has to happen multiple times. Yep. Got it. So yeah, because look, if I get sunburned, I'm stupid. Yeah. If now, I let my kid get sunburned, I'm a shitty person. Now, all that being said, my wife does all the sunscreen for the kids. So thank you, Lacey. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. So yeah. There you go. There you go. So shout out to Lacey. There you go. <laughs> um, I, well, I, I, I know she's gonna hear that segment and go, go, this asshole doesn't sunscreen our kids ever. Blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I that one was obligatory and needed necessary. i want to just kind of talk about some stuff i watched a lot of stuff this week uh, most notable among them a beautiful boy i watched with, with timothy chalamet and, no. and steve carell hold on let me t- no, no 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 hold on when you say things like i watched a beautiful boy outside of context that sounds really bad so i'm glad, <laughs> it, I'm glad it, we it had context it, okay, okay so contact it's a, it's an amazon original but it, timothy chalamet is a kid who is he is <laughs> 
he is dealing with drug addiction and Steve Carell's his father and it is a tough movie to watch. It's mm-hmm. man, it's it's a it, first of all it's like two and a half. It's longer and it's you have to watch this kid just go down the rabbit hole and just he's so good at portraying a complete drug addict. And then the point there's this conversation where he is um we like her a lot, uh, Roger Caitlin Deaver. He's I forgot played this young girl, but he gets a young girl almost killed because of an OD. She almost dies, and he calls his dad, sobbing, saying, "Dad, I I need to come home. I need, I need to stop this. I need help." And his because his father Steve Carell's been through this in the movie two or three times, giving him money, believed him, brought him home, only to let him relapse again. And then he just on the phone says, "I'm sorry, I cannot let you come home. Mm-hmm. You have to figure this out." And to watch him break on screen. Timothy Chalamet is really that good that it killed me to watch him break. No, he's really fucking good. And it's that movie is tough to watch. Um very it's just man, it's one of those movies. I watched a Rescue Dawn again with Christian Bale. I watched it on Fourth of July, you know, a, a, a war movie. You, lot, you watched a lot of fun upbeat <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. I it's been a while since I watched that fun Werner Herzog, but uh, I really that's a movie that's very understated, but Christian's very good in it. It's when he's a he's a uh, army pilot in Vietnam and goes down and it's his um his he's in a he's 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 in a, Viet, a Vietnamese war camp and or sorry a prison camp and he's it's his story to escape and make it out and it's it's a grueling one to watch him and Steve Zahn it's uh it's grueling but it's did it's you follow this too. this uh, combo movies up with like Schindler's List to top it <laughs> off for I did not but I also watched okay. Joe Bell that same day <laughs> Joe Bell again that's uh, that the movie most- is depressing as hell <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you do i just cap it all off with, with some peanut butter falcon like, yeah hey, <laughs> no but that that was that was it's good yeah that was next on the recommend list from amazon was i almost watched <laughs> weird <it>. um <laughs> that's a but joe bell's one of those movies that i think is understated too and and if you if you're not in an emotional mood don't watch it because it it really hits you if you're in an emotional it's depressing mood, he's walking across america because his son got bullied at school and took his own life and he didn't do anything about it so he's he's walking he's trying to walk across america and you know talk in schools and whoever will listen to him the bullying is a problem and just because someone's different you shouldn't you can't do that and he tells everyone about his son and what the interesting part about while he's walking his son is with him the memory of his son is with him and he's talking to his son it really leads to some tough inner turmoil conversations with himself and then it all caps off with this conversation with gary sinise when uh, he he pulls it, he just he thinks he's a drifter walking, and he's like, no. He explains what he's doing, and then Gary Sinise pulls him to his house, gives him a hot meal, and explains, you know, his son's in a very similar situation, and I wish I'd have told him I loved him. I have that regret now, and it's just it's it's again it's I wonder I don't have a, I know why these movies are made, but when you make these movies, you understand that like that's a tough sell to audiences, right? Like that's got to be a super tough sell. Yeah. To get people to put their, and I, I think you know, for streaming services, a movie like Joe Bell is great because it's tough to like. Oh, do I do I want to drive to the movie theater, put down fifteen bucks, and watch this movie that's gonna really make me feel the feels, or do I probably not in a movie theater? But I think it fits right at home on a streaming service. I think people check those out. But yeah, I watched some other stuff too. I did not watch Star Shimmer's is Born, Post. also fun family <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah. That Man. one's a that one's a tough one to watch too, though. <laughs> Man. But it's so think of all good. the sad movies that I've ever seen. Ladder 49. Watch that for a no. while. I did watch that. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I did watch that too. That was on Thursday night, but that's a tough one to watch. That's a good one, but a super tough one to watch. No, too, it's fucking it... sad. Didn't, didn't you watch that on a date? You told the story one time. I on did. It was like my second, <laughs> second or third date with my wife um, all those years ago. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, that was fucking great. Because <laughs> that movie is sad as fuck. Imagine just two people sitting in the theater and like all the shit in that movie happens. And the guy just looks over at the girl and she's just sobbing. <laughs> and the guy goes, aww. <laughs> it a, was not that's a tough one. That's a tough one to watch, though, man. That's especially with the song that plays at the end and how they have that like that big parade for him. It's just like it's meant well, to rip your fucking heart out. Funny story about that. So we saw that on like opening weekend, because like I don't watch movies on opening weekend usually now because yeah. of this, obviously, but we saw it on opening weekend and it was like moderately full and yeah. it was like a bunch of like firefighters and ems were there to oh. watch it right so you knew it was oh, a fucking man. disaster bro <laughs> it's just i mean clearly it worked out all right but, well, yeah, but still <laughs> no dude it was just there was just tears everywhere yeah man fucking great talk about a shared experience uh, jesus mm-hmm. well it's just it's a good movie though, and I think everyone should watch it if you haven't. But it's a, it is a, it is a good movie. But that's enough of what I've watched. We need more... a good firefighter movie again. I think yeah. they should remake Backdraft, and I mean Ooh. that seriously. How fucking Backdraft. badass would that be now? Remaking Backdraft would, would, would I don't think would be a bad thing. It just I feel like I feel like all these like like if no matter who made the next firefighter movie, I don't think it's gonna. It's hard to make like a good compelling movie with like a storyline with that without it seeming almost cheesy, sure, maybe over the top kind of thing. Well, that's what Backdraft was such a badass movie because mm-hmm. listen, it was cool because it was about firefighters, but it was also about like crime. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. so it was like yep. visceral. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it just like, and that is not a family film. Well, because like anytime you think of like you know firefighters and like you know making something cool with it, it's like all you think is like USA TV, right? You yeah. know, or like TNT TV. Yeah. Cause that, cause like they, they've oversaturated that market with like that kind of show. Firefighter show, like Chicago. Yeah, Firefighter EMS. Chicago Fire and that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like that's the only thing I can picture when you mention like, you know, a movie about firefighters, but like, I know there's good ones out there, you know, we just talked about too. So. Also, anytime you make a show about firefighters and EMS and they don't swear, what the, f- there's just no way. <laughs> yeah, Listen, right? you kick open a door and fire blows, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> No one's going to believe that this is real. When he's like, oh, geez, Billy, the fire's oh, big. Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> this fucking house is on fire, bro. <laughs> oh, geez, Billy, this fire's big. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's start the show. Um, enough, of the, enough of this shenanigans. This is the best show we put on so this far. This is a quality about. start. Talk about crying in movie theaters. So, oh, geez, Billy, this is a big fire. Oh, oh geez, Billy, this is a big fire. Oh, gee, Willikers, Mister. Remember the, the clan of hands on fire because they're always Irish. Oh yeah, He's always clan Forty seventh generation Irish firefighter house. Cheese and biscuits. Somebody knows. <laughs> clan of hands on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh man all right let's start the show shall we gentlemen let's start mm-hmm. the show this is episode 338 of ford love cinema a podcast about movies film and cinema was posted each and every tuesday and friday at 5 a.m on podbean which then distributes to apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast amazon music each and every week we start with the box office current and upcoming releases what streaming trailers and movies of the week without further ado 
Let's jump to the box office. And some of these may surprise you, gentlemen. Insidious the Red Door, I didn't think it had it in it to take the top spot. 32.7 million domestic. That's, that's a big pretty, number for that. That's pretty impressive for that movie. Bringing a worldwide of 64. So that's a really good, I think it's a really good number for the first week of Insidious. But when your people do tend sucks, to, not hard. People do tend to like uh, Insidious and Annabelle and The Conjuring and all those, you know, that James Wan universe that he kind of created. People do tend to like that kind of stuff. Or Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, number two, 26.5 domestic, bringing its worldwide after its two week rotation, which Mission Impossible is going to put its foot on its neck to 247. That's not even the budget. But we're going to talk about that one a little later. I have a lot to say about Indiana Jones, and I have a lot to say about the budget. And I'm sure, Roger, you will make some um, hand wank motions as we talk about that. As yeah, I he's doing it right now. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Sound of Freedom, 18.2 million domestic, bringing in a worldwide of 40. That's uh, that's slightly controversial, but it's doing very well in the box office. So if you want to see that, I recommend doing that soon. That's probably Elemental. also a fun family film about sex oh, yeah. trafficking. Mm-hmm. Child sex Elemental, trafficking. number four, nine point six. Glad you that up. <laughs> bringing in a worldwide of 251. That's pretty respectable. That, for the past two weeks, hasn't been doing very well, but internationally, it seems to have picked up quite Still a bit. Still don't care about it. Well, that's what a lot I mean, of never say. watch that movie. Isn't that fucking weird to think? I mean, I know it'll end up on my TV at some point, unfortunately. Right? right? Even having Disney Plus and having a, a summer Pixar movie that I may never turn on. Just to talk about Sound of Freedom for another second, I just looked at the budget. It's $14.5 so they've crushed their budget. Good. So, good for them. Good for them. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse still kicking the not the top five spot. $8 million this weekend, bringing a worldwide 642.2. keep going, baby. I'm happy about that. Yes, keep going. Six through ten, let's look at them. Joyride, no hard feelings. Transformers, Rise of the Beast, still in the top ten. Little Mermaid, refusing to leave the top ten. And Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, second week, number ten. That's good. That's good. Good. Asteroid City, as oddly enough, is in number eleven. Has done thirty-eight million worldwide. That's odd to you. It yeah because it's the well I mean it's 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 not odd I guess it's just I didn't expect the box office to be so big for that but I, I mean I don't think thirty eight is huge but that's a very acquired taste audience that, that that watches those. Well, I mean when everything champions itself was Wes Anderson's greatest film, like I don't know what the fuck that means because yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not a fan. So <laughs> I've one I I contest without the internet into like without the internet them those movies perform a whole lot. A whole lot worse. So that's just me, though. All right. Let's have upcoming. Re- well, sorry. Let's take a look at upcoming releases, and not a whole lot of change here in the release schedule, as you may not have noticed. But July seventh, uh, the holiday weekend brought us Insidious, The Red Door, and Joyride. Mission Impossible opens on the twelfth. That's movie. that's Wednesday. And another note that you know it's kind of inside baseball for a show like this, and for me is on Wednesday is when SAG votes to strike or to not strike so there's 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 a lot of stuff starting now that are all uh, kind of counting on the fact that sag will not strike but if they strike that means that's going to mean a whole lot of weird stuff for for the industry for a little while so that's on wednesday the 12th that they that that decision is now due and then july 21st there's nothing on the 14th which where mission impossible would have been and july 21 is a big one barbie and oppenheimer and Chris Cobweb, I'll, I'll say it for you. Cobweb also. 
Yeah, I know. We're gonna, we're Wait, what did you say about Mission Impossible? It was supposed to be on July 14th originally, is what he said. Oh. But it's that that would have been the July 14th release, so it's moved up to the 12th. But I think that's going to have a <clears throat> that's going to have a big uh, and part of our conversation for that one is going to be the Top Gun Maverick effect that I've been I've been kind of I, I told Roger about something big that might be happening for me soon, but the kind of the Top Gun Maverick effect that is really it's going to start defining itself soon, I think. But I mean, that's that's a movie I think going to be Mission Impossible is going to be the next one. Like, if you don't if you don't understand what makes money and what doesn't, Mission Impossible is about to redefine that for you. If you missed it with Top Gun Maverick last year, you're about to you about to really really get that. I mean, we'll what talk do, more about it when they, when we yeah, actually like, of course. watch the film and talk about it. But here's the thing: I don't think it's going to be as big as as Top Gun was. There's no way. It, it's just it's not the same kind of movie. It's not the same exact you know, like crowd of people that want to see it it's it's the fifth action movie in an action franchise that you know either people already like or they know they don't like or like they're not fans the, of it so the seventh I think movie top, oh yeah okay yeah, yeah so but like even even more so then i think top i think top gun is going to bring more people to this film than would have before i think i'm one of sure. them but i don't think it's going to be like you know world shattering in the way that you know the new top gun was I th- it's got a chance to surpass Top Gun in overall box office after a few, but Top Gun was in the theaters for what like it came. Ever. It was in it was in May and it didn't leave till almost the end of August or October, I'm sure November. You can still go to a movie theater and it's playing somewhere. <laughs> Someone's still playing that film. <laughs> All right, July twenty eighth, Disney's Haunted Mansion, and talk to me now. After seeing the trailer, the 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 second trailer a few times, you guys think we were wrong about that and it's going to do decent to great. What Haunted Mansion? Yeah. No, no. still don't care. Well, you not caring is one thing, but do you think it's going to pull in the box office? That's that. That's what I'm. Dude, interested. I am prime demo, and if I don't care, that means most people like me around my age probably don't care. Yeah, it, I, it, 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 I, I don't fair. think it's going to do well. I don't think. It's and like, well. look, I don't even know if this is a family movie at this point. After seeing the second trailer, Ooh. seems like there might have been a lot of murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. All right, August starts off with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Meg 2, The Trench on August 4th, Till Death Do His Part also on the 4th. August 11th, Gran Turismo, Jewels, and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. August 18th, Where We'll Stop, Blue Beetle, Landscape with Invisible Hand, and Strays. Notable about Blue Beetle is um, I, I have a buddy who has seen it, and he goes, and, and he says, I'm going to use the same word as your, as your co-host, Roger. Yikes. So nice. maybe not great early first screenings. I would, he's a huge, huge comic book guy. So, okay, I mean, that, that might be a problem in itself, but also, I mean, that could be telling too. So we'll find out, but that's, you know, that's inside baseball. Cause I don't, I'm not going to mention him, but he's not supposed to say he saw it, but I didn't mention him. So <laughs> no, you only put it on the podcast. Yeah. You know, well, and, and, and but who is it? Some people no know who you are, who you would come in contact with. So it's not, uh, well, it's maybe, but okay. can I start guessing names? Yeah. No, you, you, you cannot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. We'll end it there. But, there's the what's uh, coming coming soon. Not much of a not much of a switch up there. Let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We're taking a look at the the start of the rotation in Netflix and a movie. Another movie that I visited this week. Uh, one of my favorite John Milius movies actually is Conan the Barbarian. That's a good movie. Um, yeah, by John Milius, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. James Earl Jones, Max von a very younger, a much younger Max von Sydow, and uh, much younger sent- Arnold Schwarzenegger, much younger everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Send all Bergman, nineteen eighty four. This movie does a lot of things right, and Chris, I think you'll agree. If you, you know, I, you know, right. it, it, 
it got the hell yeah from you. So I'm sure you'll agree. But this movie does a lot of things extremely right. Uh, very little wrong. But I, I mean, I, I love this movie for certain reasons. I don't like the sequels as much because they're just they weren't the quality of this one. Agree. Uh, and I don't even want to talk about the remake with, with Jason Momoa. Gee, my God. Terrible. That was like um, early Jason Momoa, though, right? Yeah, like, but that's, yeah, but still really bad. Yeah, that's, true, that's still but... like a one or a two, and that's being generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what Conan does right is so many things. It it really brings the barbaric nature of, of a film that made like that. Um, a lot of great decisions were made creatively to in, in the visual style. I love James Earl Jones as Tulsa Doom. I think he's kind of an iconic character there, and I love the. The Sandal Bergman, the, the the woman, the blonde woman who plays a very important role in, in that film, and I love the in my a line that my brother and I always like love to uh, love to talk about when Conan the Barbarian comes on because he he isn't he who's the guy he looks for in the in the tomb? Is it I forget the guy's name now the the deity he comes across? He's like oh Krom Krom help us and if you don't then to hell with you. But in that very early Schwarzenegger doesn't mm-hmm. really understand English very well kind of voice. <laughs> But it's a it's a damn good movie, and that's uh, that's available on Netflix if you have it. Roger, mm-hmm. a movie that you and I are a little different on, Annihilation, by director Alex Garland, Natalie Portland, Oscar Isaac, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Benedict Wong, Gina Rodriguez, twenty eighteen, a very good cast. Should people revisit this one? That movie is just full of incredible ownage. <laughs> Annihilation rules. Look, See, I didn't like that Annihilation. The movie's weird. It's dark, and by the time when you figure out what's actually happening, you'll be like, what the fuck? Talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation? <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> but no, like I think Annihilation is a very underappreciated sci-fi movie, because um, it is very rated R. Um, it's not for everybody. When it came out, it was kind of like out of nowhere, hmm. especially because it has like Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman, so people didn't really know what they were getting into. I think Annihilation is great. I haven't seen it. You should check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking so, the, the, the way you just described it. Yeah, incredible ownage. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a slower movie, but um, if you stay with it, then it's either you like it or you hate it. I just I came out on the, on the other end of the spectrum than, than, than Roger did. But I have my points on that. The Breakfast Club, Chris, a very classic John Hughes choice from you. Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Paul Gleason, 1985, the year of my birth. Year of your birth. <laughs> yeah. Sad day for everyone. Thanks, thanks. Hey, oh, so uh, Breakfast Club is a classic. It's a it's a great movie. It's got very interesting characters. It's got a fantastic well, what would go on to be a fantastic cast. And um, I don't know, like just if no matter who watches this movie, and I think this is just one of the geniuses of the script, is that there's a character here you're most likely going to be able to relate to, right? At least identify with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's there's they cast such a wide net. I think in a smart way, in a very interesting way. And, you know, you follow along, the dialogue's good in this. Uh, it's a movie all about dialogue, which is, you know, and a little bit of music. So, I don't know. <laughs> just a bit, huh? Yeah, we, just a bit. And then, uh, I mean, the, the the Richard Vernon character, I think, is absolutely hilarious. And You mess with the bull, <laughs> you get the horns. <laughs> I think just that character is so over the top, but, like, also believable at the same time. Because, I don't know, back in high school, I, I can point out, you know, two, you know, superintendent style, you know, slash teachers that I had that were kind of, like, down that alley, right? Yep. So... I don't know. Guidance counselor at my school. Yep. yep. Guidance, <laughs> guidance counselor and a vice principal or two, I'm thinking of. But I mean, this the movie's fun. Uh it's you know, it has some you know characters you can, you can identify with. And you know, one of the best ending songs that's ever been in, in cinema. It's fantastic. Sure. With the with with the fist pump too. Yeah, hundred like, yeah, percent. Of course. Iconic. 
so that, randomly you'll hear around my house. Can you describe the ruckus, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Which a, a, a lot of that, a lot of that made its way over into not another teen movie also. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really like that scene with the, yeah, that's a great, you know, kind of a Easter egg scene from that one too. But that one, uh, Breakfast Club and I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They they gave birth sure. to a lot of movies. <laughs> they yeah, see, they like, made it, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I feel like you know some people either you were a Ferris Bueller guy or a Breakfast Club, you know, like you know watcher enjoyer. And I I, I, I don't fell on the Breakfast Club, uh, Club side of things. Well, I just think John Hughes in that time period, he was just he was he's got to be like one of the most you know notable names in the eighties for like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's just. It's just pure magic what he was able to create with like six movies all right in a row, too. And then he was in 2012. It was fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's talk about some trailers, gentlemen. Let's talk about Unknown, The Lost Pyramid on Netflix. After watching the trailer, would you guys watch this? So why did you send us a documentary to talk yeah. about? Well, I, because we don't often talk about them. But we, we want to do uh, documentaries on Netflix. We have other ones we could talk how many, about. A, how many Egypt era documentaries slash movies are, is Netflix going to put out at this well, point? Well, a lot. We watch I, 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 I really enjoyed this one, and I, I watched it this week too, is beautiful cinematography. And it's just, it just blows the mind when you're, which of course led me to watch also Ancient Apocalypse, those 30 minute episodes on like, how the fuck did these people build this at this time period in history? I don't know why this is still a why confusing thing. question. <laughs> you guys are so like aliens, definitely. Yeah, no, listen, if the less you think about it, the more like you're like, yeah, no, it just works. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to, it's, it's, it's not long. It's, it's like 80 minutes. So you can really knock that out pretty quick, but you know how many turns it takes to build the pyramids in fucking Civ six. Uh, if you have the early granary and and you have an iron mine, thirteen, like twenty. Okay, yeah. So yeah, okay. Mm. But yeah, still, that's like you know seven hundred years. <laughs> All right, back to the movie podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, well it's going to be derail the show in one sitting. Oh, I can. I got this all day. <laughs> I I rather just talk it. about Civ for a while. Let's be honest. Yeah, here. we could. Uh, we could do a whole podcast no, on no, Civ. No, like, right. look, look. So I started playing this Canada. Oh my god, dude! Look. All it's right, let's talk about like, no one can surprise attack you. It's so incredible. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Bird Box Barcelona, please. All right, so uh, this Jor- is something I actually want to talk about. Georgina mm-hmm. Campbell, M- M- Michelle Jenner, Mario Casas, Diego Calva. It's a feature on Netflix. Now, Bird Box was a big deal when it came out. Massive deal. Sandra Bullock. Yep. Huge deal. What are we thinking about Bird Box Barcelona? So I'm kind of pumped up for a second one. I thought, you know, I didn't think that they were ever going to revisit anything along that line. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I remember liking Bird Box when we first watched it. Hell, that was before Chris was even on the show. Mm, I think so. We talked about Bird Box. So I've so so I've been I've been hoping for a Bird Box too. I just thought about the show like like after that movie like a month ago too, which is weird. But like I. I've been hoping for a Bird Box 2 for a long time. And unfortunately, this is just a retelling of when everything uh, starts in another part of the world, which I guess it makes sense. You could retell that story. It's been long enough at this point. You could tell it from a bunch of different perspectives. Yeah, and you can really see like, hey, like, like, like what, what areas of the world handle it differently and how they do things. But like, I, I want to know more about you know everything that happened and you know, what's happened to the, to the world, you know what they are. And I bet we don't get that because we're just going to retell the the beginning. But I'm still excited for it because I like Bird Box a lot back when it when it was out on Netflix. Well, Bird Box to me has always just been an, uh, an answer to or a response to um, what's the one with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? 
where they can't make sound. Quiet place. Quiet, a quiet. It's always been an answer to quiet place, and it's what I Netflix think, does. It puts out movies to you know derail the other one. But I think it. I think it feels more like the happening more than it feels like that, though. I would well, agree with Chris on that one. I don't. I mean, Quiet Place. They can't make sound. Bird Box. They can't look at it. I mean, it's just too. Well, just just remember though, when Bird Box first came out, it had Sandra Bullock in it, and like that was like their second big feature because the, so, right? the one that they did previous was Bright with Will Smith, which we still haven't got a fucking sequel to, which is bullshit. Um, because I really wanted to know more about that world. Weird <laughs> um, movie, but, that, but, but then, but like after Will Smith did it. You know, then Sandra Bullock did it, and then like people just started doing Netflix after that. Like it wasn't just, hey, we make our own weird movies and weird TV shows. Now we're like we're big budget mm-hmm. now. So now we got guys like Hemsworth doing like multiple sure. movies yep. for Netflix, things like that. So yeah, I don't know if I'm as excited for Bird Box because you hit the nail on the head, Rod. Well, you 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 said something that made me ask myself the question: Is did we need another Bird Box? I mean, look, or, I think or was it good as a word to be told? So, okay, fair, but fair. you know, like what Chris alluded to, from what we see in the trailer, it really looks like a day zero sort of movie. Mm-hmm. And look, that perspective can be told. I mean, like, look, the entire premise of Quiet Place Part Two, which is very good, you know, if you want to correlate these things together, after watching the original Quiet Place. You're like, well, what else happened before that? And the entire quiet, like 90% of Quiet Place Part 2 tells you the rest of that story. So I would say 90. It's, more, it's probably like, it's a little less than half, I think. But yeah, I mean, you, okay, you, you but so it, it's a good day. bit of that story is told from day zero, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. E Day, Emergence Day from Gears of The only thing is, I don't know how, how you're going to have a fully feature length film, you know. Without like the same discoveries you had with the first one, maybe like you know you exactly exactly like on it, learning so. learning the rules is a big yeah. deal. I'm mean, we'll hear it in Spanish. It sounds like they already know the rules though. From what like so, some like, of them do. So if that if that like that PSA warning like announcement that's happening in the trailer is like early in the film, it like they may know before our characters knew, right? So they might they might spend less time on that and like just more fucked up situations. Which I'm down with that honestly. So we'll we'll have to see what it is. I. I think I am in the same camp as Roger. I'm excited for this. Actually, I I will watch this when it comes out. I'm kind of lukewarm on it, and I they have to do more to like. Maybe I'll go back and revisit the other Bird Box, like maybe get more hyped on it. But maybe. I don't think it's going to work because it's just I don't think it needed more in that in that in that world. Uh, so, but I could be the one wrong. I, I usually I want forward honestly, but yeah, you know, that's what I do. I didn't want. I didn't want to go back. If I wanted to see what happened next. Yeah, if we have to rehash zero to get the forward. I'll suffer through one more film. Well, that means that it's still alive and well in their heads. Yeah. So. True. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I'd rather have something than nothing. Mm-hmm. True. All right. What? How do we feel about Corner Office with John Hamm as a feature? His what? mustache is troubling. What the fuck is this thing? I <laughs> asked the same question. Like, what is this? Oh, it's a room that no one can find. What? And the woman's like, "It's the room of requirement from Harry from Potter." Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. The room we require. Yes. That's. Mm-hmm. I, what what do we? I mean, if if you watch this trailer and then your friends like, dude, you want to go with me to watch that? What's your I wish John Ham's like a Ravenclaw. You think John Ham's a Ravenclaw? What else did you think he is? I mean, I don't think he's a Ravenclaw. Probably a. I, well, he's not. He's, he's not a Slytherin. He's not a Gryffindor, so he's got to be a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff. And let me tell you, and Hufflepuffs I'm a, are a bunch of losers. And I'm a Hufflepuff, and Hufflepuff think- sucks. I think, hey, 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 you watch it. My daughter's Hufflepuff. I, I, I have to be in Hufflepuff Corner now. What are you? Oh, 
I'm Gryffindor. We did this. Yeah, on, of course, uh, on we've the had show. this discussion. I'm insanely yeah, yeah. jealous. I got him, all yeah. the good things, and he was mad about it. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not I, mad about I it. I think Ham's Gryffindor. Honestly, you think? I think so. You I, think you think he's got the heart of a champion? I th- not with that fucking mustache. He <laughs> okay, not that mustache, but uh, but <laughs> all the pieces of media. I think he. I think he does. <laughs> So I know John I, Hamm from Tag, definitely. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to throw the chair and break his own glass to get out to avoid getting tagged. Yes, mm-hmm. very underrated. But uh, okay, John Winners Hamm. just win, baby. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that fire is really big. What do you what, what did you, what did you call him? I forget what, you, what, what name we apply to that guy. But oh, geez, Billy, that oh, geez, fire's Billy. out of control. <laughs> that fire's really big, Billy. All right, let's move then to talk about the movie of the week, the much-anticipated, long-awaited sequel, Indiana Jones. Well, I mean, is it even a sequel, or do we just call it the next installment in Indiana I mean, it's Jones? A, this it's, is more of a sequel than Crystal Skull is, right? Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. All right, let's talk just about Indiana story. Jones in the Dial of Destiny, which I would I would argue that they're really not sequels. They're just part of, they're just the next chapter in the story. Individual stories. Yeah, that's kind of how I see them. But yes, yes. Let's talk about this one. Yes. Let's talk about this one. And I want to ask you guys a question. And I I, and um, I hope you guys did some thinking about this. Is um as I I was talking to uh, a very learned academic friend of mine in um in the UK, she she asked, "Well, what about the mummy?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, I never even considered like the mummy as." The Mummy, I think, was supposed to be when it came out in '99. Indiana Jones for a new, for a new, um, a new gener- generation. Sure. And for, and for me, it checked all the boxes. And I've never really been huge into the Indiana Jones movies. I, I, I liked them as a kid, but I just never really bought into the whole Indiana Jones thing. Like went crazy. Like like some people did, and that's fine. I just wasn't one of those people. What about you, uh, Roger? Oh, Indiana Jones is a big time man in my house, anyway. I mean, I mean, think about it. Um, even even if you compare it straight up against the Mummy, Indiana Jones is a bigger franchise, and it always will be because Harrison Ford was a bona fide star when he did this. I mean, think about it. When he just came off of being fucking Han Solo, and then immediately into a, the title character for Indiana Jones for what at the time was just going, you know, was a trilogy of its own. So, well, that was a big deal, man. <laughs> Visibility wise, probably a bigger deal. Although I think the Mummy is a stronger movie than any of the first three Indiana Jones films. That's completely inaccurate. I I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I've been really kind of drawing comparisons on paper, and what does it for me is a supporting cast. You have I understand who you have in Indiana Jones, John Rhys Davies. You and sometimes you have the young kid. Bro, hey, Sean Connery. Connery, Connery, right? Well, again, <laughs> but these are not; these are in different movies. But so, the, in, you in said the against Fraser, stronger than all three. No, no, no. I think the Mummy is a stronger movie than any of the individual indie films. Come, come, like I, first I three. I think. Don't agree with that. Okay, well, fine. But my argument is, neither movie works without its title actor. Indiana Jones does not work without Harrison Ford. The Mummy probably does not work without Brendan Fraser, and it just happened to be. Brendan Fraser at the time, it was magic. I don't think it would have been a tough, even like stick Brad Pitt in that role. It's very different. Anyone else that was big in the nineties, you stick him in that role. It's just different. Frazier brought it. So did Harrison Ford. 
but it's a supporting cast, I think, of the mummy, the 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 chemistry between Rick O'Connell and Rachel Weiss that works. You know, he's the he's the, the soldier of fortune. He's the rough and tumble street fighter that you know, he has the arc that he goes from greedy to realizing what the real treasure is for him. And then Harrison Ford is the is the, he's the gentleman scholar soldier. He's a, sorry, the gentleman scholar warrior. He's always kind of gentlemanly, and he always he has that scholarly knowledge. But he's the two men. I I think Rick O'Connell is a better character than Indiana Jones. That's that's just me personally. I, I Roger, you probably do not agree with me. But Chris, what you, you would, know about Indiana Jones? You would absolutely you be in the minority of that. Well, maybe maybe, maybe I am, but you know this is an opinion based thing, so. Well, Chris, so like, how do you feel about... Well, okay, so I think I need to preface this with a very key piece of information is the only Indiana Jones I've seen of the first three movies is that at some point in one of these films, Indiana Jones and some other guy run out, run out of a temple and the guy, one guy runs further than Indiana Jones and gets wasted with arrows and I was terrified as a kid never watching Indiana Jones movie again. That can happen to you in the woods. Though. I know. That's what, that's what I mean. So, like, I didn't watch. I didn't. I didn't watch any of these. The first Indiana Jones movie I really actually saw was Crystal Skull. And you know, I sorry. thought that movie was a masterpiece. So what? Kidding, that movie sucked. Yeah, but um, was, and oh and then this one, the only two ones I've seen all the way through. So of course I'm going to say the Mummy because I've already ex- you know expressed my love for you know what Brendan Fraser did in the first Mummy anyway. But I think my opinion doesn't you know shouldn't be counted in this part well, no, of the discussion. But, but you know who the characters are. You know what you know who. Even though you may have never seen Indiana Jones yeah, movie, but, you know the character. Yeah, listen, you know it very yeah, well. Okay, okay, but listen, like the kid in me that watched, you know, Brendan Fraser and his character in the Mummy. If that was the same kid that watched, actually, like paid attention and watched an Indiana Jones movie and fell in love with the Indiana Jones character the way I did with like, Brendan Fraser's character in the Mummy, I think. I could have, I, you know, I could easily be swayed to, you know, say Indiana Jones at that point because it's not so much like when, like for me, for when I was, you know, growing up watching watching films, it wasn't the story that, like, that I thought about that got me. It was like the, you know, the characters on screen and what they represented and like and like what they did, all the cool stuff and like the adventures that they were on. Because you know that's the way that I, you know, I watch movies growing up. Now I've thought about it now that I'm older. So I mean, Indiana Jones character is cool. You know, he's a, you know, he's a. He's a smart guy. He's he's a good looking dude. He's got a whip. You know what I mean? Like like you know what is Brendan Fraser's character? What is, what does he got? You know what I mean? He you know he doesn't even have a sweet hat. Yeah, he doesn't. He's got a gun. You know, every now and then he's got slacks. Yeah. He's a lot of khaki. He does. Got <laughs> yeah. well, a lot of khaki. They both had a lot of khaki. <laughs> they both have khaki though. Yeah, <laughs> it all fair. Yeah, they both have khaki. They both have you know they take place in the same time period, kind of the same yeah. looking for the same thing, looking for that kind of. I don't want to say well, the mummy's more supernatural. I was say, I'll say what, 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 why both have their mystical elements in it. The well, mummy that's is the thing is higher. the mummy's the mummy's supernatural. Indiana Jones mm-hmm. is more of the mysticism behind the artifacts yeah. that he was searching for. So yeah. I mean, that's but I just wanted to bring that up with like the mummy oh, yeah. and like I just from my mind, I like to you know think think of the two as very similar. But it's a fair comparison. But like the the actor in that time period that was Harrison Ford. You said it yourself when you led into this, you know, he Han Solo and then Indiana Jones, dude, like those are two just hugely iconic characters in cinema that, that will never happen. Again. Yeah. Pick out one actor that's played two more iconic characters than those back to back. Yeah. Like that's yeah. And like in, in the same era, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you might have a, like, a, a couple actors that like played this big thing here. And then years, uh, uh, what, what, John Wick, um, Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Keanu. He's a good example, right? He was Neo. 
sure in this era and then way later he's you know, he's wick. now john wick you know what i mean like like that's your that's your best example but it wasn't back to back yeah but that's ted theodore logan son <laughs> <laughs> all right that's oh, that's man. i mean you make some good points there you make some so, excellent points. I, I do want to comment one thing about the mummy like and i'm not gonna like knock what you said but i do want to premise one thing i think the mummy's a great movie mm-hmm. um the only problem with The Mummy, if you really want to compare it to Indiana Jones, is Indiana Jones is five movies. Okay. Now, The Mummy, I believe there were four. Is that correct? I know at three, least yeah, three. Three. Okay. The original Mummy is by far the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. In the Indiana Jones series, the third one to me is the best movie with Sean Connery, the last crusade. You can argue, you know, like each of the three original Indiana Jones movies are good. You know sure. what I mean? And like, like, like that, you know, any of them could be someone's favorite. Well, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think most people would consider last crusade, the apex of those ones. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. However you want to sort them out. Can't do that with the mummy. Yeah. That's the thing. So the mummy, if the mummy ended after one, people are going to kind of feel the same about yeah. it. <laughs> um, I disagree but, yeah, with with that, but what what what, what? Are, are you are you all in? Because on, you're, on you've you've not, I you've not talked about the mummy. You've left out the Mummy Returns, which is a that shame movie because, is not. So here's the thing, but that movie isn't even nearly as good as its original Mummy. Mummy, okay. I would I would I'd say it's a great sequel to the Mummy. Scorpion, it's an King. excellent sequel to the Mummy. Be quiet. But you said we got that, Chris, because he said Scorpion King. <laughs> And then we got that atrocious movie with Jet Li. Oh, yeah, uh, no, you're right. That's that was the horrid. third Mummy, of course. That's yeah. the third, which was came horrid. out the same. The same Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the Mummy Three were the same year, and Crystal Skull destroyed Mummy Three. weren't Were oh. they the same year? Probably. Probably tracks yeah. out. Wow. Okay. But the one thing I want to mention about this movie of Indiana Jones, right, Dial of Destiny, is I had the lowest amount of hopes for this film, right? <laughs> no, I'm like I'm yeah. not even kidding. Like, like I openly mocked this movie for months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like, look, I'm not going to do some double take and be like, ah, oh, it was a fucking masterpiece or whatever. But this movie was a very serviceable Indiana Jones movie. Okay. I agree. And they very clearly shut the door. Like there will be no more of this and it's done. I think that it's a fitting end to that character. And it wasn't I think you're a wrong about that. trash movie. I think you're wrong about that because he no, grabs what? the hat in the end. He didn't grab the hat. The hat fell off. No. A, a hand reached to the window, a male hand, and grabbed the hat. Dude, motherfucker is 80. This is Doesn't done. Matter. I, yes, because they had the perfect opportunity. He no, no, no. Lit, so quite literally, the hat was hung up. Here, here, here's here's, here's what happened there. Here's what happened there. Mr. and Mrs. Indy are going on one last hoorah, if you know what I'm saying. And she, put and the, she said, put, put the, the hat, hat on. on. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fine. You can say that no, no, that's to, to be funny. But Also got the whip out. That's can't. Oh, oh, it was already out. Was I already don't think. He does what she likes. I don't know. They should have just let the hat on the. Cl- they, they. I don't know why they didn't do that. He faked us out, mangled, faked us out, and I was like, he he holds that shot. And I'm like, okay, now we're done. And like, well, maybe we're not done now. I look. I can't say for certain either. going to make another one. This one. This one didn't make it. Budget, didn't make its budget back. And Harrison Ford is 712 years old, so he probably yeah, doesn't want to do another one. No, this is done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, so, so maybe, you guys want to score it? We just talked about the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just jump into it. I just want to make those comparisons. Let's jump into it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny has a tomato meter of 69%. Nice. 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 
an audience score of 88. So one thing about the tomato meter for Indiana Jones for the critic score, Mm -hmm. the critic score has steadily rose from about 49 to 50 all the way up to almost 70. Okay, that's good. Which, I mean, usually that doesn't happen. Usually it's as high as it's ever going to be off the rip. It trickles down And then it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, I think it's impressive. And like, look, I'm not going to laud this movie as some sort of excellent masterpiece, but like, it really did surprise me because I expected terrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we got that. Well, I mean, um, I don't think we didn't. I just think we got ridiculous. Way more ridiculous than the first three. I don't even I don't want to talk about Crystal Skull because that movie just wasn't you, Indiana Jones. But you have to. But you have well, to because it's referenced. You, you can't take points out from other movies. and Well, it's only referenced. Because of a divorce and he lost his son. That's the only well, two. So, hold on. They chose to reference that in this film, which means I know. they are giving it. They they're giving it credence. Yep. I know. You know I I understand so, that, but it's it's yeah. You, I mean, it's like it's like Scream. You can we 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 have two trilogies and Scream Four, which no one gives a shit about. That's it's with with Indy. If they make another one or two more, which look they might they might not, then we're gonna have two trilogies and number four, Crystal Skull. That's what it's going to be. So. Crystal Skull was the one that just, to me, just did not fit. So, okay, Roger, you, you know, you and I, we both have, you know, we have a shared love for Indiana. You a little more than me, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade. Very solid movies. Extremely solid movies for, for, for their time. Harrison Ford, hell of an action hero. Yeah. The character, the, the, the character, you know, with the, the, the shirt that's like buttoned halfway up and then like you see his chest hair and he's got a whip and you know he's got the hat and he's you know you got the dun 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 I got the, the John Williams score let's just talk about this for one second and how it relates to Dial of Destiny is the reason I never bought into the whole even at a very young age the reason I never bought into the whole Indiana Jones thing was you're trying to sell me this this, 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 this guy who's you want to tell me is a man's man but the script allows him to get out of every single scrape, which he wouldn't have escaped from. I just didn't get it. When, especially when I was younger, I'm like, I don't get it. Like what, how's the Indiana Jones beat these guys? They would have just shot him. He's would have been dead 150 times in each movie. And so that's kind of where the Spielberg, what do you want to call it? The, the, the magic of the Spielberg script comes in is, you know, the, the expert setting up the scene, the, the the great shots the the wonderful camera dollies in dollies out the that's also kind of the Spielberg magic that you know the same magic that you know Hook and everything else he had his hands hands in around the around the time and for decades later it always has that weird kind of lens to it where you're never worried about Indiana Jones dying because he's just never gonna die he, no one on screen is ever gonna best Indiana Jones it's just never going to happen when um when to me, that kind of takes it out. That's that's like going. That's like watching a prequel movie with a character you know survives in the rest of the whatever movies to come, but they keep putting this guy in perilous situations. That's what it seems like to me. That's what it always seemed like with Indiana Jones is he was never going to break. You're never going to kill him. So what do I care? That's kind of how I feel. Now, how do you feel about that, Roger? Well, I mean, I, I think you made some unfair comparisons about action heroes being impervious to things because, like, look, that's not an Indiana Jones thing. No, no, no. I mean, that's every action star ever. Okay, fair. I was going to say know. that's that's how I feel Indiana Jones to be, but but um, I mean, think about it though. It is that is every action star. Okay, so how did this guy like survive a hail of bullets? 
right? You know, how does he how does he duck behind the single fucking coffee table when nothing hits him when, you know, walls are blown out of the house? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I think if you're looking at things like that to pick apart, that's a weird line in the sand to draw because that one is extraordinarily common in all movies, and especially movies that came out in the 80s, right? Like, nowadays, we're, we're more used to things being a little bit more gritty, realistic. Like, if somebody gets shot, they bleed, you know, like <laughs> that's generally how that happens. But like, unless you're Tyler Rake, I know he bleeds. Yeah, he bleeds. You're bleeding just clots all of a sudden after you've been bleeding out. You know, uh, what I mean? sure. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I know what the point that Grayson's trying to make here too. But at the same time, I think you can't. I don't think you're allowed to complain about those kinds of things heavily when you have things like time travel in your. Well, film. so that, have, that's the other thing too, you know, right? With the the parts that Indiana Jones deals with the very first movie, which a lot of people love because it really. It was a genre defining thing. Like there wasn't really anything like that. He finds the fucking the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. They open it and some guy's face fucking melts. Yeah. Like <laughs> No, as it does. I get yeah, it. no, completely. There's so much methane build up that it comes out and normal, melts, you know, yeah. the, the nearest thing it just melts. You no, just die, right? You just, everybody just dies. There's no magic. It's all it's all science. Science. That's science, man. But like and, that, and that's the kind of things like, you know, when you go to nitpick, Indiana Jones is he's just an iconic character. Everybody knows what you're getting into. But the way that this movie starts out, like it feels like one of the 1980s Indiana Jones movies, which is what they were going. For. Well, absolutely. Right. And like, look, you know, we, we laughed a lot about how old Harrison Ford is. Right. And that they spent a lot of money to make him not look old. Oh, I'm, I'm going to laugh more about it while we talk about it, too. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, look, I didn't think he looked bad with the digital de-aging thing. Like, he looked like straight out of the other movies. So, no, no you're right. I like, disagree. I, th- well, I didn't think I think sometimes it looked fine. Other times up close, it just didn't look normal at all. I agree with that. So, like, it, it's a 50 50 thing. Some shots, it looked fine, especially when he wasn't like, like in, in high motion. Yeah. But when he's in motion and when he's talking sometimes, like you can see like where blemishes are coming and like I didn't like that. And I've seen this complaint too, and I thought this in the theater. So like I'm glad like I, I saw other things about this when I when I looked it up. Why didn't they change the way he sounds? He sounds like 80 year old here. She sound a little bit younger. They need right? to do something with that. So like the de aging thing is cool. It it kind of works. I hope they put more like money into the technology. It make it better if they're gonna keep using it. But like there were some points where it looked like a video game cutscene. A yeah, good really, video game cutscene. That's a good yeah. comparison, Chris. Absolutely. But like, you know, it, it's <laughs> if still... this was a fucking scene from Uncharted. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the entire train scene could have been at a fucking level in Uncharted. It could have been. A hundred percent could have been. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so like, I, I, I think my opinion on the whole de thing is it's cool. They can do it. I hope they further more because they spent a lot of money on that. And sure. For them to what they spent on it. There were some blemishes there too, and like I'm sure they, I'm sure they knew it wasn't going to be perfect either. But what's the alternative, right? Yeah. You get someone else. It's a you get like the um the very cheap uh what was it fast um fast nine thing where like you get other actors His that are brother younger <laughs> that like really don't look like them at all if they were younger. But you like they tell you that it's them, then that's not going to work because you yeah. have Indiana Jones as younger in actual movies. Yeah, we've so. seen it. So yeah, it's you know what they did was cool. I'm glad they. I'm glad they have the technology. It needs to be further on. It looks weird sometimes. Well, see, my yeah, my theory behind my theory behind why they why they chose to do that is it's it's a it's a it's a double edged sword for them. Is they're is they're seeing they're they're able to tell this this part of the Indiana Jones story and go like they're able to set up the Dial of Destiny like to go to 1945 and then to 1969. But also, I think because they were seeing. I mean, 
if you can do that technology and if you can somehow get Harrison Ford in the studio, then it doesn't have to be him anymore. You just some actor who has his facial features with a thing over his face. And then you can just have Harrison Ford, him doing the lines. But or you the just guy, animate it. But that will, well, I mean, technology is not that far, but I mean, we're not that far along, but we're not far from that either. I know studios are playing with making digital actors anyway, but I mean, that's kind of what I thought maybe they were doing is because there's going to be more of these. I hate to tell you there's going or to be we know more. We know isn't going to go away for yeah, older yeah. actors and actresses, and I don't expect it to, right? Because look, somebody's already sinking the money into it. You might as well use it and get better with it. But I, the, the thing I was trying to make here, though, is like that part doesn't bother me in this movie. Like, is it perfect? No. Yeah. Is it like some sort of like blotch on the, the overall arc of this movie? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. No, it, no it, I don't it, think so either. It's just one of those things that, like, you know, uh, so so some people probably, you know, bothered and took them out a little bit. Me. You know what I mean? Sure. Some people, I think it's kind of like, you know, some pieces of the next movie we're going to talk about. Probably no one even bat an eyelash at it. Yep. They went, oh, cool. He looks young again. Oh, yeah, watch, watch sniff, sniff. It's nifty. Yeah, you know, something like that. There's some caveats there. Before we really get into, just let me run down the the, the particulars. Is Harrison Ford, oh, yeah, yeah. of course, the, the very iconic and title character of Indiana Jones, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is Helen Shaw, Hel- sorry, Helena Shaw, Antonio Banderas, which I'm happy to see him, even though, why, as Ronaldo, uh, John Rise davies again, happy to see him again as Sulla, Toby Jones, Basil Shaw, Boyd Holbrook as Clobber, Ethan Isidore as Teddy, Mads Mikkelsen, the wonderful Mads Mikkelsen, who just kills in everything he's in. Who they de-aged as well, by the way. They did, very impressively also. Karen Allen and Thomas Creshman again, <laughs> Loving that, I'd love to see his resume. It's like, well, I'm looking at your resume. You've played a German officer 27 well, times. Listen, when you <laughs> the paycheck spends, that's right. As long as the check <laughs> cashes, that's all that matters. But the, I got the my important... own uniform. You don't have to send me to wardrobe. <laughs> well, we're, I mean, let me get in wardrobe. <laughs> <He's> tailored. <laughs> he shows up dressed to set, <laughs> walking around like a like a German officer, clicking his heels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the the important thing I think that. One of the most important things that is notable with Dial of Destiny over Crystal Skull is Crystal Skull to me did not feel like an Indiana Jones movie at all. No, I agree. Not even a little bit. But this one, it did. It felt it like feels another like an Indiana Jones movie. Yep. It feels like an Indiana Jones adventure. And I was happy to see some of the callbacks they did, especially with John Rise Davies, his um give a bell, Indiana, because that's, you know, they've had adventures in the desert and I love his little, you know, his thing about I want to come and Harris in um, Indiana's like, stop. No, you got to phrase that differently. We're too old. Oh, fair. Okay. Well, <laughs> not until you said something, but now, of course, um, he says, I, I, I want to go with you. And he says, well, so, so, hold, hold, no, no, I no. want to talk about that scene specifically at, 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 with a little bit of uh, length once we get to it, though. Okay, but fine. Like, but it's, it's worth that's one of the things I really appreciated is this movie did well was that's but that's also what I think. It's important also Mangold, which I think kind of has a pedigree with this kind of because he did Logan, another an old hero kind of at his end, an old iconic hero at his end. It's like maybe Mangold, like this is going to be his thing now as he takes yeah, his characters. Good. I don't think Dial of Destiny. Maybe he didn't kill enough people. I, I don't think you can call Dial of Destiny bad. The same way you can call oh, Logan good. I'm, I'm going. Oh, I'm going to call it bad. I I, I did not like. I I detest this film. So, okay, okay, let's just let's just start. I, then I, I don't want to knock whatever you say about why it's bad. Yeah, 
but your your scale has to be all out of whack because you've never seen it's fu- how it fits though. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. That's fine, but I think maybe my scale is even more fair then because I'm just judging the movie on what it brings. Well, I kind of agree I mean, with Chris though. That's I fine. think. I think this is a better in I think this is a better Indiana Jones movie than than it is a movie if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, okay, just, I, I think that's probably the way I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it just as kind of a movie, not like an indie film, you know what I mean? Sure. It's right yeah. into the it fits right into the canon. But and also as a side note, how pissed do you think they are that <laughs> everything everywhere all at once won when it did with the with the actor that made such a big deal outside of uh, member of the because he he was in Temple of Doom, he was in these oh, little Oh yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? But wouldn't that have been amazing if they had him in this one and not the person that they had instead of him, the other little boy that they – that's just me. But, man, what a missed opportunity that was. Missed opportunity. Yeah, but how do you explain him being around compared to everything else, though, especially after Crystal Skull, right? Well, but he's – I mean, again, something you would miss by not seeing Temple of Doom is that was Indy's due. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I love you, Indy. I had to risk my life to save you, and Indiana Jones returns to love. And it's like it's a, it's a great – endearing sequence mm-hmm. why this kid almost gets killed saving Indy and bringing him out of the trance that then helps Indy save the day is that you know I you know that's the whole thing if short round he calls him and it's there's, there's a kind of a weird reverence there or between the two and that's why that's kind of what I thought boy what a missed opportunity but they I mean these movies were shot together so I think they couldn't have known that but gotcha so like like I, I want to go over the uh the beginning sequence for just a second uh just because there's a few points that i made mental note of when i watched the movie right right. but can I, uh, let me just bring it because it it oh yeah, does it, it does go right in line with the mysticism of the nazis in the occult hunting down these artifacts that they think is going to help them win the war and that does that is very indiana jones this is why i was yep. and in the past i've i made the mistake and i remember going back i went back to the episode and listened about um, where we talked about, I had to track it down. I had to remember what episode it was. We talked about Crystal Skull. It was a few weeks ago. And like, oh yeah, Kate Blanchett, great Nazi, is she didn't. There are Russians in the Crystal Skull. I was wrong about that. Mm. For anyone who caught that, I was I was very wrong. But I, whenever I think about that movie, I'm like, my mind's like, why would they be Russian? They've always been Nazis. Why would why the fuck would you make them Russian? Why would you do that? But again, that's why it's the it's kind of the the black haired stepchild or the redhead stepchild of the series. Is no one you know crystal skull we just put it off to the side but again it's the same it fits right in with the same nazi occult the obsession with finding these artifacts they've already got you know they've already found the holy grail which was another you know and now they're looking for the spear that pierced his side and they find they get kind of sidetracked with archimedes dial and it's it all fits right in especially with indy putting on the then the german officer uniform and, and infiltrating to get information that all fits for the opening of this movie. So, Chris, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to lead in with that. No, 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 no you're good. I, I understand. So, like, like there's two things that kind of, like, took me out within, like, the opening spectacle that we got, which actually was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the, the opening of this film. The um first thing is, is that, like, like I feel like the opening of the film was, like, the best, almost, the, like, the best stuff in the movie because it was fast-paced. It was you know, very quick. It didn't really need to explain everything. You knew what was happening. You know, like, the stakes were clear. But, like... As it's go as it's playing out, I found it very odd that, um, like as like the train gun kind of fell sideways and was firing at itself, and like it's like shows it like like crawling up the train and shooting, but it's stationary. I don't think they know how trains work, which oh, kind of bothered me. Like that's very like Indiana watching. Jones. Like 
Okay, well, him and his side, him, him and his buddy are at the end of the train, and there are fifty German soldiers bearing down on them that will kill them when they see them. Well, you yeah. gotta somehow turn the gun and make the kill all the soldiers. That's well, what yeah, I'm talking I, about. About the script always lets Indy out of any yeah, yeah. situation every but single like, like, time. It bothered me because it's like it's like that's not how physics or trains work. But okay, because like it's pulling itself. It's fine though. But like th- that pulled me out a little bit. But the main thing is, is you guys have seen Speed, right? Yep. Yeah, how does uh, how does the big bad and the die in speed? He gets his head lobbed off. Yeah, that's you mean Mads Mikkelsen taking that to the face, dude. He gets jacked yeah. up by that thing. He right? would have been. That's why it was so. Like when I saw it, I was like, okay, they brought him in for this tiny opening. Why would you pay Mads? Mikkelsen I thought the same that? thing. The train like, is going so fast, and like and like I, I knew there were talks of like of like like timey wimey stuff. So I thought, okay, so like you know they're going to keep on repeating something, or he's going to be like you know in like sprinkled in time or something. Uh-huh. Nope. Dude takes a hit harder than than the, the guy in speed in the same way and doesn't even have like a blemish of a scar. Like I thought he was gonna be jacked up when they saw him again, right? Like some weird, nasty, gnarly thing on his face, half of it gone or something, CGI'd out. Nope. Dude's fine. He got taken out by that thing too. I thought that was nuts. And that kind of like that took me out a little bit too for a few like for like a long minute, you know, as they reintroduced Matt Smickelson's character, who is is phenomenal in this movie, right? Like, like he does well. He, when given any script, seems to just do the whole bad guy thing. He's very good at being a bad guy. He really is. And like he shows up to this movie, and you know he does his thing, and it's very good the whole time. He's very believable throughout the whole thing. I think one misstep they had here because of a later scene though is why didn't they have him light up a cigarette sometime early on when you see him at some point? Show like show that it like show that he smokes because it becomes into play in the movie later on, and like. It seems out of nowhere almost, but then like I like, and then the thing happens. Like, oh, okay, that's why they did that because they needed this happen. They needed the the cigarette to happen for he, this to he happen. He does a cigarette thing before the parade, does he? Yes. Okay. Okay. So maybe in I, the hotel room, maybe I missed that because I don't remember him ever, you know, ever like you know lighting up a cigarette or anything like that. So okay, well that's good then because that, that's something that also bothered me. I just feel like this movie has a lot of like of, of like like weird details that are kind of off throughout the whole thing, and you know maybe that's not you know maybe the movie doesn't it doesn't care about being completely accurate and all the things it does, right? It's, it's an indie film. It's got some timey wimey shit happening. It's got mysticism sprinkled out its entire series. So, okay, maybe it doesn't matter, but like for someone that is watching it, like I am, I like that kind of stuff kind of like sucks, you know, kind of like some of the suspense of disbelief out of me. Cause it's like, okay, well that actually wouldn't happen that way. Or that doesn't make any sense that this happened. So this movie has a lot of that. And that's one of the things that kind of rubs me the wrong way throughout the entire experience of this film. However, like, you know, I hear the, the like the indie music plays a few times in this film you know early on and someone who hasn't even seen all of the indiana jones movies i know what that music is and it's like okay that's kind of cool you know what i mean and i'm sure that's exciting for a lot of people and then early on in this film we have like a couple of like chases right mm-hmm. and they seem green screeny right oh yeah well but here, well, like, that, we they're always playing. that's the, but that's they there's always the the whole thing with Indiana Jones and of course you may not know this but like they at least one thing that every movie does even the fourth one is set up these super elaborate set pieces at least two or three of them that you don't forget because they're super okay. elaborate and that's well, and that, uh, this movie that's did fine. have those and well, I think okay yeah, that's fine but I'm leaning towards the whole like we just gave extraction shit for having bad green screen in it I saw bad green screen in a two hundred million dollar budget movie sure oh, I'm, I'm not saying that this I'm not saying this is better. 
I'm saying also, this, uh, no, yeah, this yeah, looked yeah. pretty, but so did it in Crystal Skull. It looked bad, also, like terrible. Yeah, no, I yeah, but it's like it's like like these are a couple of things early on in the movie that kind of like you know they it started souring my my taste on what I was watching. So, but I'll let you guys talk for a minute. I've talked for for a few, but early on, man, like there are some things like you know just like positional wise, character wise. Do getting hit by a metal rod going at like forty miles an hour in the face wise, you know, green screen stuff. It, it just it, it seemed very sloppy almost. You think so. you think that train was going forty miles an hour? I don't know how fast the train was going. Probably, it was going I fast mean, enough to probably going seventy. Fast to, that would have taken. Okay, okay. See, I was I, I was giving it some benefit of the doubt. That nope. dude's head shouldn't be there. Is he's, what dead, I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> or his arm should have got ripped off. Yeah, yeah something like on the shoulder, right? Yeah, he's he's Comes dead. In like fucking Bucky Barnes. <laughs> He's dead a hundred out of a hundred times. He's like, yeah, right, yeah. No, like when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, goodbye, Maz Mickelson. Why if you Mythbusters are still around? They do the episode on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Easy. But I like to. The opening is one of the stronger portions of the movie for me. Is that's it's some of the most Indiana Jones stuff. Sure, and that's and that's what's important, I think, in a movie like this, especially after Crystal Skull was. I mean, what you couldn't do is make another Crystal Skull, a movie that doesn't really resonate with the rest of the movies and doesn't matter. So they couldn't do that again. So this one's all about indie, the legacy, and the references, which again I appreciate. But the opening to me is like that's a home run. And Roger, I, I, sorry, I don't. Want, I how, how do you feel about the opening? I mean, the opening's fine. Like, look, there are plenty of problems with this movie. Mm-hmm. The opening's not it, right? No, like, but it's it, also it fits, it fits in every vein of every other Indiana Jones movie. It's like seeing the the gun thing that you know Chris said it took him out of like that fits in this world like yeah. that's something that you know 100 percent. hey fuck it's indiana jones right you know like or you know like other iconic indiana jones things that just like hey it just happens because not only is that an indiana jones thing you go and it harkens back to like that's mid-80s action movie yeah yeah like it's just plot convenience because we're not here to you know fucking win an oscar like that's not going to be a thing mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that I did like about this movie when they try to explain the whole time travel aspect of it is they do it through math, mm-hmm. okay? And then they never actually tell you what the fuck is going on, well, which is, yeah, sure, right? <laughs> like, there are a thousand problems with the movie, but at its core, it's still just an Indiana Jones movie. Okay, yeah. Like, acting soft, okay, sure. Characters don't really make sense, sure. Like, the fucking daughter, dude, what the f- what is that about dude? her whole character? It's so dude. She's from one end to the other and then back again. Yeah. She's just completely off the rails. Yeah. Now I understand you want to use the daughter fine, but she's like an antiquities dealer slash drug dealer slash gambler slash assassin <laughs> slash fucking thief sexual deviant right like, like look dra- drags a drags a kid with her around there there is a lot stuff. happening there <laughs> like and that's the problem with this movie she said i'm i'm independent and self-sufficient and i thought the hell you are <laughs> well that's i mean it's it's just this is this like, is where the headaches start coming in is like th- those are yeah. the things that i have a problem with yeah. in this movie look you want to talk about plot convenience because everybody got killed in that train all right, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get it. We we have other concerns no, here. I, agreed. It's just, it, it, like I said, like the things just stacked up on me more and more as this film went on, which is why I have such a negative look on it. But no, like the things you said about uh, was her Helena, right? Mm-hmm. Her character drives me nuts. And like I've seen talks of like good about it and bad about it, whatever. Like my opinion is, is that the two characters that they want you to that they want to work, they clash 
too much, in my opinion, and her character is all over the place and doesn't seem to have an actual like written through line for what she like what her arc is supposed to be. She doesn't have a through line until she has one, and then it all fits sudden, exactly right? where it needs yeah. to go. But that's more. That's more the problem, right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like, hey, she can't do this. She won't do this. All oh, she can do this. She will do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to use the daughter as a story piece? Yeah. Fine. Like, I don't care. She, oh, you 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 left out academic and doctorate as well sure so yeah right yeah right um my problem with her character is for as busted of a character as she is <laughs> she's forgettable yeah like she doesn't do anything overly remarkable and what she does you're just like what the f- why yeah no why? true like you know where we're three quarters through this movie and she's like i'm just gonna sell it and we're like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Like or, that's or when she or when she's trying to auction it off and sell it. Yeah. Like yeah. what what yeah. is going yeah. on here? Hey motherfucker, this might actually be a time machine. You got 150k, you can take it right now. It's like it's like the whole like, crusade is my this favorite. Might be a, it's a toss up. It's a it's a toss up between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade for me. I it always I kind of edge it out with Crusade because I I like that story. I like Connery, but like also it's like all of the plot conveniences, like to me, it's summed up very wonderfully in that movie. When, oh, the Holy Grail, oh, it's it's beneath. Oh, that that you mean that that was in the place where it's a church now. Oh, it must be beneath the place that used to be a church. And then they just go down and then, then they find the fucking clues they need to find to find sure. the fucking the the Holy fucking Grail. It's, that's, exa- that's exactly what happens here, though. Like it's it's exactly where they think it would be after they get the clues for it. They go exactly. down there, like it's like it takes them like fifteen minutes. Oh, look, there's. Oh look, we're at the right time of day when the crescent, you know, thing looks like it's coming the through window. the ceiling. Ah, and they climb. No one saw that. No, exactly. Also, no one fucking saw that. Like, did the rubble just close the door off? Like, no one could just move some rocks and walk <laughs> to the fucking door. <laughs> like, the- you you got a bunch of nameless henchmen. You have them clear the rocks out. Yeah. And also, when the kid runs through the tunnels, where the fuck does he go? Listen, does it, he teleport through the that's tunnels? Another thing when when like. <laughs> When he gets handcuffed to the goon dude, right? And then all of a sudden he's like, they're like, well, we can't handcuff you. Like, why even have that point happen where he gets handcuffed anyway? You know what I mean? How did he just fall off the bridge? Because, <laughs> like, look, okay, so the, I, I do want to talk about that. And also, I yeah. know we skipped a, a lot. We here, did, but, but it's fine. Look, this is a problem that I have with this movie, right? Yeah. So you have this big bruiser of a dude who has done nothing but beat ass the whole movie, right? <laughs> like, look. He makes people sit down a lot. Yeah, like legitimately. <laughs> like this dude is just hired muscle. Yeah. He doesn't say anything. He just punches people and throws them around. And I'm totally okay with and shoots nameless I mean, villain guy. Totally fine yeah. with that. All of a sudden, they handcuff him to a like a 16-year-old kid, and he's got to walk across this wooden bridge, and it's and for some reason he just starts shaking. <gasps> yeah. I thought at first that the bridge broke. It broke. And okay. then, we, then we see it. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Oh. No. And then when they come back and go across the bridge, it's fine. They just sprint like a whole group of them just sprint across this bridge. And I went, I thought the fucking bridge was broke. Yep. <laughs> I saw that like, same damn thing. Yeah. And, and well, that's the thing. Your brain goes the, to the likely conclusion because because we like to finish puzzles in our in a, as human sure. beings. Right. So the, the, the thing is, oh, the bridge must be broken. Like you said, nope. this movie can't even follow its own goddamn line. So. So to me, though, when I realize that the bridge isn't actually broken, that this man just decided to swan dive into the river. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, I'm going to fall, though. He doesn't fall down onto the yeah. bridge. He decides to jump over the rope 
into the rushing water. It's like, someone goes, I'm going to fall down, and they slow fall themselves down. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. Second thing forward. about that scene, right? So they're underwater, they're handcuffed together. I understand how that could be a problem. Who put the grate there? Oh, and, and yeah, why is there a point. hole big enough for the kid to right? just like? Yeah. I don't even mind if there's a hole in the grate. Sure, plot convenience for that. That's fine. Why is there a grate there, like a modern sewage system? Yep, that doesn't make any We've never sense. Been here before, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here, here's another piece of that. Why is why is he bone dry when you see him next? Yeah, I, I figured it's been hours later. I don't, <laughs> let's, let's, I don't think so, though. No, I don't it's, know. And and. and just because we're in this, we're in this part of the movie already. Like, like right now, when everything goes wrong for them and all the stuff starts happening, you know, Indy gets shot or whatever, and like, like they're running away, and like uh, him and Helena are back together, like the young kid. Mm-hmm. Why is he like the cave expert now? And knows and knows another route to take is parallel to theirs because he's been in there for hours. <laughs> I can't. I can't. He's been, he's been running around trying. I, I want you to understand, though, if you think about it like that, and it actually makes more sense. Oh, but it does, then it, it does. wasn't 15 minutes later. But it, but it was 15 minutes later. <laughs> I mean, we don't. Does it, like, does it really matter how much? Like, you could say, no. if, you, if you say it was three hours and kid just ran around drawing himself off, I believe you because there's no real way to tell what is or what isn't a time lapse. Yeah, hey, but, like, these are all things that are running through my head while I'm watching this well, film. But yeah. So, and then. There's my biggest problem with this movie, right? I want to talk about the time loop, okay? Because it's not a loop either. No, it is a loop, and I'll explain to you okay. why it's a loop, okay. right? So when they get the thing open and they find the other piece and everything, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. wearing the watch. Yes, the loop's already happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we it's know the, that. It's yeah. so it's, it's the Terminator loop. Exactly right. There's yeah. no, there's no logical starting point when you think about it. No, that's right. They are somewhere in the middle of the loop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when they go back in time, because look, spoiler, folks, they go back in time to a time that we don't, you don't really see coming. I actually True. thought that was kind of a neat yeah. twist, right? Yep. Yeah. Because when they show up and there's like that. Roman warships, I was like, whoa, yeah. that's actually <laughs> rad. <laughs> actually, actually, a, a little side note: I didn't ever expect them to make it to the portal. Because okay. I'm like, that's fair. Oh, like, yeah, no, there's okay, no sure. way this movie goes that far off the fucking sure. time rails. Guess so I like, I expect them so, not to make it. But I honestly think when they went through the portal and it was at a different time, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, yep. right? Yeah. But they don't actually break their time loop. So, like, I don't know how this just keeps rebooting itself over and Hold over on. again. Hold on. Hold on. Of course, first of all, they've destroyed history by taking a plane back to 212 BC and letting people see that technology. No, no. no hold on, hold on. They they've, they've explained that, though, with the whole dragons thing and with the whole fact that that someone understands what happened. Uh, what is his name? Copernicus. Archimedes. Archimedes. Copernicus. <laughs> <laughs> Archimedes and Confucius his assist- Confucius was there. Yeah. <laughs> no, Archimedes not- and... and- Archimedes and his servant boy, they they see everything, but they're the only ones that really un, like interact, understand, right? So like Archimedes being the genius that he is of his time, even though he was actually really fucking insane, um, like he knows now in order to save him like his self and his time and have things go forward, he has to like, you know, he has to maintain that, right? Yeah, so he understands. But like that's why in the cave the Phoenix is drawn with propellers the on it. You propeller know, like, and... like, like the people that it mattered for is already done with them. You already pointed out the watch. 
he's wearing the watch when he puts the watch in the watch and he knows what to do with the watch. So did he know that it was his watch when he the put the watch, watch in the watch? Is, so that's the other thing. The watch is a piece of the puzzle. I, I and know. It's, but here's the thing. A lot of people didn't understand that. Okay, yeah. Because, like, look, somebody right now is listening to this going, he did take something out of the watch and dropped it right into the middle of the, yeah. the Antikythera. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, Our that's the fucking that. time loop. That's the fucking time loop. I get that, but again, it's I don't want to talk about the technology that they brought to that people. No, They'll call it oh, dragon. Yeah, I, so look, I don't, gonna, I don't even care about gonna, that. But like, that is just something we have seen a million time traveling movies, and like that stuff still happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. didn't you have never, to do that. Somebody never, made the conscious effort to write that part of the watch they, in. They literally land a plane on the one open space with no takeoff room. And like, come on, guys, let's go. We gotta go. Dude, <laughs> let's talk about how he stole somebody's plane. Look, I didn't have a problem need, with because look, they, they set they set this why <laughs> <laughs> they set this up with him being able to fly a plane. And I was totally okay with it, right? Because I mean, look, well, he's a they, plane enthusiast, well, see, but of they, course he can fly it. But they set the wheels in motion, so okay. you you shouldn't have been surprised, okay? <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> why is there somebody sleeping in the back? Right, and how did he not see it? When they took off, how did he not wake up when the engine started? Yeah, when they planes you know, aren't quiet. <laughs> when you're in the cockpit of a plane, it still isn't quiet or smooth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, wait, <laughs> he's, wake, he's waking up <laughs> when they're about to go in the portal. Like, no, not yeah, the they're plane. flying through a goddamn hurricane <laughs> <laughs> into <laughs> into a time portal. Like, come on, well, yeah. that's the thing too. Okay, we got okay. Can we just back up a little bit okay, uh, well, yeah, before uh, like, we get there? Is like, there's a lot that happens in between where we were talking about and <laughs> where we got. To. Well, like, oh, 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 like, hold on, like, like. like I don't think I don't think we need to break down the whole film, but like I, I do want to hit the important pieces. I mean, we've already kind of hit Helena's character. There's more to her than than what we said, but like she's not a strong character though. We, yeah, like we can talk about that kind of stuff. You know, Harrison Ford kills it in the like, like his character is Indiana Jones, and he does and he shows up, he works, he does it, everything's supposed to do, and he's a fantastic actor. And it shows old man's still in pretty decent shape too. He, I hope I'm in that shape when I'm eighty. Fuck, <laughs> that dude is killing it. He's in better shape than I am now. Easily, you know what I mean. Better shape than Grayson. Grace is the closest to one of us in shape, so it's just it's fair. There, there's a lot that happens in this film, so like to go over everything is going to be difficult. But like the key points, you know, are important and they are, and it is valid to talk about them. It's just it's hard to take a movie seriously that that doesn't take its own vehicle seriously to get from point A, B, C to the end. Okay, well, that's my okay. So that's my thing though. Is when I was yeah. saying earlier is. With with this movie, with all the Indiana Jones films, even as a kid, I was asking, "Am I supposed to take this seriously?" Yeah, because like this is ridiculous, and I don't know if the first one I watched with my dad was super young when we you know when he was introducing me to Cameron and you know the yeah, Aliens, yeah. The, the Terminator, all these seminal movies like Casablanca, all these seminal movies in history we were we were running every weekend and watching. I was elementary and middle school. It's like I watched the first Raiders of the Lost Ark and. Or I watched the first film, which is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones, I think, came the title came later when they realized the franchise opportunity. But mm-hmm. it's when Indy, Roger, and you remember this, when he tries to use the whip and he has to exchange the golden skull or the golden trinket for the whip to mm-hmm. get out of that situation, is in, and he he falls and grabs the ledge, and then like there's a there's the cutting of the the, the door is shutting, but the way they cut it, it's like forty five seconds. This this, yep. this door is shutting. I'm like, come on, that would have been shut by now. Even my uh-huh. elementary, middle school self was like, that would have been shut by now. It's ridiculous. This is, this is stupid. That, to me, at the core, 
is Indiana Jones. Once you understand that and move past it, that it's all plot convenience, then you can start to enjoy these movies a little more, which is the you same know, thing as Dial of Destiny falls right in that category. Once you just, once you just kind of like, okay, I'm in for another Indiana Jones ride. Maybe the last one, he's old. There's time travel. I'm just going to sit here with my popcorn and enjoy this and not really dive into my brain too much because we're not supposed to. Yeah, okay, that's but, what I'm saying. Okay. It's like we're I, I we're thinking that, about this stuff that's a little fantastical. A little, yeah. I, I, th- I think, kind of not a little fantastical. Well, hold on. How come? How come we give some movies a lot of crap for a lot of plot convenience or a little plot convenience, but we give this movie the pass for a a movie that is built on plot convenience? Well, I have the answer because they're all they've all been like this. It doesn't make it okay. Well, no, it I'm, no it, I'm not saying it, it, it does, it, which is why I thought it, the Mummy is a better movie than any of the Indiana Jones individually. Well, uh, Mummy has some. Plot There's plenty too. of plot <laughs> convenience in the Mummy. Well, yeah, what the, just... the, the characters make more sense to me in the Mummy than they do here. Okay. Well, uh, that's what I'm I saying. Though, is with the yeah. whole dial in the in the time and you know Harrison Ford eighty and you you know I I, I get it, but yeah. it's just Indiana Jones. That's yeah, all it is. It's, Go go ahead. Sorry. Well, for someone who isn't inundated with with all the other Indiana Jones history, it just seems like a bad movie with a lot of plot convenience. And looking at it from your point of view, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like I, I can see why people fell in love with like the original Indiana character. Again, sure. like I, I've I've been around long enough to see some you know a lot of, like the key media points for him and like you know all that kind of stuff and like the shadow of the character that is Harrison Ford now, but unfortunately feels like he feels very much like a shadow because he takes kind of the sidecar in his own, in this film too, doesn't he to Helena's character who isn't a strong character to begin with. We've already all agreed no, on that. It's true. Well, so the, she's, we, she's in this because we're in 2023. That's why her character exists. So uh, listen, I have no problem with that, with that fact. I have no problem with, with a, with a female character taking on the mantle or being the lead or whatever. But in the movie about Indiana Jones, and that it was someone who has been such a strong character over media, then gets you know derailed by a character who doesn't have very many redeeming qualities nope. in, in in the film that they're in. That's the problem. Doesn't make sense in their own world. Yeah, I agree. And That's like, what I'm saying. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden the they switched it up. Well, and like switching up is one thing, but like they. I don't know. They made a character that was just downright unlikable, and maybe that was on purpose. Maybe it wasn't, but that's what that's what happens. There's a scene in this movie where they're on that boat after the dive, and she's celebrating, and, and, and Indy in the movie uh, like has to like tell her, you know, my friend just died. Yep. And it's like the character, whether it was meant to be unlikable at first or not, is unlikable, and like it, it's it doesn't make it better that like Indy tells her that she's being unlikable. Yeah. It, it just it points it out even further to the people that are watching it. Hey, bitch, you're being a bitch. <laughs> like, that's kind of what he yes. says. Because she treats everything in her life like that, but that's why, I mean, her father was different and that's what Indiana Jones is trying to tell her is, hey, your father, I, your father was my friend. You know, I'm your goddaughter because I was assigned to be your goddaughter, but your father was my friend. Well, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Also, her motivation is weird too, right? So, like, she shows up to Indy wanting to see this dial thing, blah, blah, blah. To sell know. it. Well, and here's the thing. She just wants to sell it. Couldn't she just go steal something else and sell it? Anything? Well, she seems to be good at what she does. So the one thing I want you to understand, besides the fact that she doesn't know where it is in the beginning, okay? And I don't want to spend time on this, but listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't know where it's at. That's why she comes to him. She could have found out where it was at and come back later and just taken it. Yeah. Like, there was nothing in that office that was going to stop her from just 
taking no it. not at all right <laughs> that's like, yeah that's other things about this movie that i want you guys to understand yeah there are there are so many small details that could have been something that aren't because like look if she comes back later and steals it and gets in trouble okay then you have an entirely different thing and we don't have this weird the you know the nazis are working with the cia for whatever reason to meet the president right because he designed a rocket like i didn't even talk about that yeah why is that part of this movie? So it's it's I, silly. It's it, it just should have been the Nazis are hunting the artifact because they want to go back through time and yep an, an alternate route to win World War Two. That this whole thing with oh, but we designed a rocket to the moon so I can get the president's good graces, but then I want to go back in time and kill Hitler and then give Germany a chance. Yeah, like, what in yeah. The fuck? Well, so like so so I even have have another complaint along that line, sure. which is more serious. The um the CIA agent that they're working with um. Uh, Agent Mason, mm-hmm. her character is actually interesting and actually good. And she's like, not stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like, like her character is interesting. I think you could have a movie where like Indy's working with the CIA, like, with like with like you know the CIA who has an invested interest in the Nazis not going back in time and winning World War Two. Well, I mean, that's part of Crystal Skull too, though. Yeah, like, it, well, but know, like, but like that works. So her character was more interesting than this. She like she was. She didn't know she was being duped. She had like a reason for everything. She seemed like a decently good person, and her, she just gets killed off. She dies a generic henchman death. Yeah, right. Yep. And she was a generic henchman. She was like a, a, a genuinely good person that Indy her, didn't even know. So why kill her off that way? Like yep. it doesn't matter if she dies at that point. Nobody from Indy's team knew her name. <laughs> it's true. Like, That's yeah. True. No, you're right. I, they don't know who she is. So I, I, I think the last big point that I have, and then I'll let you guys, you know, bring up anything else that you want to talk about before before we move on, is that uh, I, I said I wanted to talk about the scene where the uh, the one guy's giving Indy the send off uh, at the airport. You know, okay. give him hell, Indy, or whatever. Yeah. That character in that moment, how he gave that big speech about how he wants to go with him and he wants to, you know, he wants to, things to be exciting again. Blah blah blah. Why, like, why didn't I understand that Indy's character has been written in this movie to be grumpy and to be, you know, downtrodden and to be, you know, upset about the way his life turned out at this point. But, like, isn't a better movie where, like, this whole adventure is, like, re-sparking what, you know, what was there for him at one point in this, why he is the man he, you know, he once was, and, like, him getting excited about being on this adventure one last time to go get this thing that his best friend, you know, like died trying to figure out or whatever. Like that's a better movie than what we got. And I don't know why, like, I don't know why they give that, that speech, the time of day and not play off of that and have Indy kind of like come back into his, like his own and his, his, like his, his prowess throughout this film. It's just another scene that didn't mean anything, didn't go anywhere with a character that kind of like is just there for nostalgia bait. It seems like, yep. I just I don't I don't like that. I think that there's a better movie here, and they just decided not to go with it. Well, I I don't. What I don't like is the car that almost hits Indy. <laughs> like that's what that's what that's what I don't like. I mean, I I know what I'm trying to say, but why not just let him have that moment? Why not let him have that? Because he's telling me he can't go. Yet he was in the other movies, so. Mm-hmm. John Rhys playing an Egyptian guy, which all of a sudden now comes into the limelight. Well, why was he playing Egyptian guy? I don't know. Ask Spielberg thirty five years ago. But yeah. it's, I get it. But let him have that scene of give him hell, Indiana, because that's what Indiana does. He just he mixes things up. He gets to the enemies and he, he does what he does. He does. Why break the scene up with the car? I understand why it does it, but like why? That's my question to that to you. And that like why would you have done that creatively? Because let him funny. have that moment. Indy has experienced so much. I mean, 
his he's getting a divorce from the woman he he loves. Uh, his son is dead in Vietnam. He doesn't have a lot going on. He's living in a crappy apartment with kids that party at eight a.m. Apparently, uh, which is he, rad. It, because like, look, that just ain't some dude playing loud music. Like, there's a full on fucking party going on at, at eight, eight in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. So Strong. all you need to know is he's he's <laughs> falling asleep in front of a he's falling asleep in a in a relaxing in a in a weird lazy, early lazy boy in front of a TV. Who hasn't it's, done that before? My, that's my point. It's like that's all you need to know where Indy is. You don't need the rest of it. Like he's in a shitty spot. He's in an awful New York apartment, and he, like that's all you fucking need visually. That's all we would have gotten thirty years ago. But the movies gave it. The movie Mangled thought it was necessary to give us more than that to tell. That I mean, they, re- they literally just writ- wrote him as like a crotchety old man. Like, isn't this the same story that's that that happens to Han Solo? Yeah. I mean, point taken. Sure, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just questionable at best. There, there's 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 a lot of questions I have about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Roger, why don't, why don't you talk for a minute before I start firing off questions? Okay. Well, I mean, we've kind of beat this movie up. Like, I do want to say though, honestly. Well, well you, you said we beat up this movie, but you guys didn't. You guys seem like you're at least in the middle on it. Well, so the, yeah. okay, that's good. That's where I'm going here, right? Because yeah. like, look, I have a lot of fucking problems with this movie. Like overall, the story is weak. The characters are weak. But. But, and I mean this seriously, in comparison to every other Indiana Jones movie, it still kind of works. Yeah. Because, like, I don't hate this movie. And, you know, I, I know I complain all the time about scales for people, okay? And, you know, you have to compare a movie individually, you know, by the score, just that movie alone, yeah. right? When When we score this movie, I'm going to use the other Indiana Jones movies as kind of like my line because because you have to right but if you're an outsider looking in like let's take you for an example right this is the first one of the first Indiana Jones movies you've watched all the way through I can see why you might hate this okay through all the problems that I have with this movie it never felt that bad to me because it was still at its in its its bones. Mm-hmm. It was still an Indiana Jones movie. Okay, yeah, and it wasn't as bad as the last one. Okay, so to me, <laughs> that was the win mm-hmm. because, like, look, we we've beat up this movie for months, mm-hmm. and then when I watched this movie, and I was like, hey, I didn't think it was a pile of shit. Okay, that made me actually feel better <laughs> about <it>. this. Because <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, we make this joke all the time: is that we just hope it doesn't suck. Okay, because look, we see plenty of things that do. And even with all the things that I've made fun of, I don't think this movie sucks. Okay. I think it's all right. <laughs> and I have seen a thousand things worse just this year. <laughs> now look, that does not mean that this movie is great. Yeah. It is not great. It has a lot of problems. But look, it's a fine movie to just watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially if you're an Indiana Jones fan. That's yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's well, that's, if that's this the thing is what makes Chris a bit of an outsider here, because like, look, for most people, you know, this is Indy five, you know, it's not Indy two yeah. where you might be like, hey, you know, I'm not really familiar with that character, even though you hadn't really watched them. Most people won't be watching this Indiana Jones film as their first experience into Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> at least I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, you could, though. You could use oh, yeah, it as I a mean, starting point. No, then, listen, okay, I understand how back. it could happen, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's how a lot of people experience franchises now, especially if you weren't around for the beginning, is, all right, I'll watch this one, and if I like it, I'll go start from the beginning, that kind of thing. 
I haven't even looked. Are the other movies on like Disney Plus? Yeah, I, I, I looked for a while. Okay. I, I, I I I'm, I'm, I'm sure they are though, because this one has the Disney logo like right in front of it. So because well, they I'm weren't sure Disney they movies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but they were bought on by Disney. Sure, now. I'm sure. Yeah, there's plenty like that on there. What, what about you, Grayson? What, 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 what remaining thoughts do you have on it? Well, before we move into scoring, what remaining thoughts I, I do I do have is there's a lot more here I like than I don't like, and I'm I'm okay. I'm kind of what I said before. I'm kind of cordoning off. Like I'm just I was just sitting there with my popcorn and my drink, and I was just enjoying this for an Indiana Jones adventure. I think a lot of good decisions were made. And I mean, if you're going to compare it straight up to one of them, I think it's got to they they want you to reference Raiders of the Lost Ark and a little bit of Crusade. They want you because they he he goes back in the tunnel, he gets the spiders and the bug that was in Raiders. There are other there are other things and the other two movies there were other things that he ran into, but the same bugs in this one were the same bugs in Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's a lot of similarities here that they want you to, that Mangold wants well, you to They did eels instead of snakes, too. True. Well, again, again but that, that whole section with the eels, let me just ask you, that was so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, I was oh, wondering, yeah. all you, you got to do is just, they find it. You know, you could have just had them swim around for 60 seconds, look at beautiful cinematography. We go to a shipwreck, they find it, and then... They go back up, and then the people are there. You did. Why did you have to do the eels? That was probably a very expensive sequence. Also, why did the one guy who they just cut his line? Why did he just instantly die? <laughs> Stupid! I don't. Because <laughs> like, ah! he's just <laughs> like, like ah! no, dude, just swim back up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like they're experienced divers, right? If their air gets cut, do they always just die? No, they swim. <laughs> Or like at least try. Yep. If he didn't make oh, it, then, sure, I get that. But then but no, he's just like, why, man. why, Antonio Banderas? Why not? And another question I have. I actually why thought Antonio that was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I, I have no problem with somebody like Antonio Banderas being in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's an he's an older aging actor, you know, and I think the parts that he plays in this, he plays very well. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, that's not any kind of like deep Indiana lore that I might have missed. I don't believe, but. Like I got no problem with him being in here. Why not? I thought it was. When I, when they I, probably gave him a chance to be like, "Hey, man, we got a small part in Indy. We need you for like two weeks. It's gonna be on a boat. Are you cool with that?" He's like, "Oh, that sounds great. Love to be in an Indiana Jones movie." Or, or, or Harrison said, "Well, I enjoyed making Expendables three with him, and he's kind of my 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 guy. So let's just bring him on this." Yeah, one no, like he's my buddy. Yeah, like I'll, I'll get the him thing here. Is, there's so many unnecessary sequences in this movie that just don't even like, like my most infuriating sequence. And it's every time there's a car chase, just fucking stop, just stop the car. They're gonna drive past you, and you drive away. It's very simple to me. That's that whole sequence. It just. That was probably a twenty million dollar sequence, and it was so unnecessary the whole time. It was it was one of those elaborate things that you could. It's cool when you think about it and when you tell your friends about it and like, hey, you got to see the sequence. But like, you can see the green screen, and that's not good, and it doesn't make any sense. Why would you not just again? Every <laughs> this movie is plagued by the question: Why do the henchmen not? Just shoot Indy and whoever he's with. They all have guns. They all have good aim. Why not just fucking shoot them? I don't understand it. The scripts never tell me why they can't do that. And it's that car sequence was full of moments like that. Full of them. And it just infuriates me that you're just you're wasting budget when you don't have to. I understand you want to make this big and you know, but it's not that. Like you didn't that was never gonna be 
a movie defining sequence from the get go. None of these were just the whole thing of the dial of destiny was never going to be individual. It was going to be the whole time thing that was going to pull people in, not these car chases, which has been in every other single movie. Let's move away from that. But that's just my opinion when I was watching it. That's what I was thinking. No one's um, gonna no one's gonna talk about the car scenes and po- the chase scenes in a positive way, but in this film, like ever. So like it, it no, like, and I not... that's what I agree with you. And there's so much of like I don't remember what it, I I, th- I think it was the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. I don't know if yeah, it was that's rules where he would run through the desert away from a train on the train tracks. Like, dude, just step off the train tracks and you're fine. That's the that's kind of how I feel about a lot of this movie and Crystal Skull and a lot of some of the other movies is it's so any of that danger is so easily avoided. But again, just me, just me. You, maybe not people don't think about that when they're watching, but I mean, so much of that just could have been avoided. But I mean, the bones, like Roger said, the bones of Indiana Jones are here, which I have to be thankful for because what if they weren't and we still got a long movie, a two and a half hour movie that wasn't. The bones are still too long. I I agree with it being too long. I I probably I mean that's probably accurate, but if it's his last one, I'm okay with it. But I personally well, so that's what I mean, more. right? I, I understand why they do it. Fifteen minutes of wrap up is fine, but I still think they they didn't need to be like certain. Like, they could have cut a whole scene out because it didn't matter. Hey like, kids, let's go get ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I really wish they hadn't. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they brought some ice cream. I'm glad they brought Marion yeah, back. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm glad they brought Marion back. Uh, I was hoping yeah. that they oh, yeah, would. Me too. So is Indy. But also, it's hey, kind of. I always thought that growing up, like it was, it was almost. I mean, it, the women that come into these into these movies were almost like Bond women. Kind of when you're introduced, yeah. they kind of have that weird, like the lens, the glow over them. Especially in Last Crusade, the the, the blonde who <laughs> father and Junior both slept with, and there were several jokes referencing that you know she knows both their tells in bed. It, that works in that situation. I wanted, you know what. <laughs> Sean Connery's gone, and we know that. But then again, you wanted Sean... more weird group sex things. No, with Indiana I wanted Jones. I, I, I wanted more cleverly written scenes like that. That I wanted more of that, I guess. But you know, I, I wanted less of the stupid CIA plot and more. You know, I actually, I'm going to say something's going to come off as weird. I don't mean like that, but I'm glad we got the Nazis as well because Indiana Jones has always been. I need the Nazis. that clipped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get it. Just start dropping in on us. <laughs> I'm glad we got the Nazis. We're going to get a soundboard. <laughs> I'm glad we got the Nazis. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm really happy about that worked, I think, in Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny's favor. The time travel, a little wonky, but then again, at that point in the movie, who everything has happened. And then when Indy's like, oh, you didn't account for continental drift. Um, well, we're five, 15 seconds. Turns out that that doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, but who that's the science of oh, this movie is it's no. just like Marvel science. It doesn't matter because it's no, not real. I'm glad you said that because I want to bitch about that for like one, like seven seconds. But like, how does Indy know? Well, hold on. They, they, he made this big deal about continental drift, but they even said it themselves after they get there. You know, they made a one way, a one way portal. It wasn't going to take them anywhere else anyway. So continental drift didn't even matter. Nope. Why even bring it up? Just be shocked when you show up and it's not where you think it it's is. It's a different time frame. Yeah. Like, like, why even bring up the Continental Drift thing if it didn't matter? Because, again, he made a one-way portal to their time to get help. Not because something was off in the math. It was just never meant to travel other places. Well, but they, so didn't know, they, they didn't know. They didn't know. I mean, they thought yeah, they were going they, to 1939 yeah, Poland. Yeah, but the people in the script brought it up 
and then chose for Indy to freak out about Continental Drift and make them all panic, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. Okay, fair. That's that's. They could have just put in their dial right. for for 1939 and go, oh, I can't wait to be here. Well, Fly third and not be there. Hold on, because I have a, a secondary question then. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, they didn't have to bring that up, right? So when he's got the Antikythera, right, uh-huh. what is he changing? What dials is he moving to pick a specific year and a specific place? Math. He never did. He just he let the machine do it. He just okay, sure. But okay, that does actually that makes less sense because he's just like, I need to go back to 1939. Magic machine, take me there, <laughs> and all of a sudden a portal opens. Maths. He's maths. Well, it's, it's, so, it's, but like that's the kind of those are the other things because like look. I, I'm actually still, again, though, I'm okay with it being the one-way portal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, look, he fiddles and tinkers with things. He's like, we're going back to 39, and we're going to do this. And you're like, yeah, man, okay, cool. We're going. No, and then, and then all of a sudden, a portal appears. Mm-hmm. Well, it ain't 1939, so what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> so I think the idea of the device, I don't want to get too much into this because we are way long, but, like, it's 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 telling you the the current location of a portal of the of a rift is what it's telling sure. you so like by the math and by by you know figure out your dial you'll get your heading from it and like i don't know how Do you, you go through your... it and make a wish <laughs> <laughs> what it is i hate this movie <laughs> i don't i don't again i don't hate the movie i just i think it could have been handled with a little more finesse and when i saw mangled was working and i had some hope for it and i and I, I do i think you know his touch may have brought I assume that every decision made in Crystal Skull creatively was George Lucas, because I don't want to say that was Spielberg, because good Lord, man, please mm-hmm. don't admit to that, Spielberg. All right. It's time to close her down. Okay. So that's okay. So I'll just move into scoring it first then. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fair. Is, so are we, are we scoring this as an indie movie and then as a movie or just one score? Do it however you score this, Do however, however you your level of enjoyment was on a scale of one to ten, no matter think- what impacts that decision. I think the first three indie movies all sit somewhere bet- between a seven and seven and a half and a nine. Uh, I really, I mean, those are those are all very solid movies, very well written, very very well. You should watch those. By very the way. well yeah, helmed yeah. by the very well helmed by Spielberg. I mean, they were very solid movies, very well produced. Everything about them was great. Fourth one brought the series average down a lot because it was not great. By the way, you know the Metacritic on Crystal Skull is a sixty-eight. That's pretty good. But what? do you think do you think Crystal Skulls is sixty eight? Nope. Let me just answer that for you. I mean, that's still an F by my high school grade scale. <laughs> sure, fine. But I mean, by, <laughs> by, by Metacritic standards, anywhere in the seventies is really good. So sixty eight isn't that far back. Um, I got more than I bargained for here. I'm just gonna give this as an indie movie. This is this is the fourth best out of five. <laughs> my hopes going into this one were pretty bad like i was expecting a two or three i think we got a five or six when you put when everything goes into account i'm just gonna give it a five or five and a half is where where i'll put dial of destiny i'll give it a five and a half okay so i'm gonna go next i i liked crystal skull better than this movie whoa man listen again i watched crystal skull and i've never seen any other indiana jones movie so i was not sullied by any of the things that people didn't like from the indie fans however this movie, I think if it's a half hour shorter, I probably like it on par or more than Crystal Skull. But the best part about Crystal Skull is it's only two hours long compared to two and a half hours long here. It's just it's a lot to go through with 
I, with with no redeem redeemable characters that we're stuck with besides Indy. And Mads Mikkelsen is good in this. Those are the only things I can point out because everything else about this film is just it's contrived. It's it's long. It's it's over your head. It's look at me. It's it's just not enjoyable from the way that I saw it. This movie to me is a three. I did not like this movie at all. I did not like this. All right. So uh, this movie to me is a five. Uh, I also agree with Grayson. This is probably the fourth best mm-hmm. in the Jones movie. I think this is significantly better than Crystal Skull, and I thought Crystal Skull was kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I think uh, Last Crusade is a like epic filmmaking. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's an incredible movie, and I still believe that that's where this franchise should have ended, and that would have been fine. Now, that being said, you know, this movie's dead smack in the middle. If you're an Indiana Jones guy, I don't think, or person, sorry, if you're an Indiana Jones person, I don't think you would have any issues with this movie, because look, yeah, you should spend belief a lot, a lot of times. Well, you do that through every other Indiana Jones movie you've ever watched. Like, this isn't groundbreaking cinema, even in their own realm. So, it's a five. I, I think that's fair too, because like, you know, I'm coming from this thing not being an Indiana Jones fan at all, all right? And so it's like nothing here resonates with me. Nothing here makes sense. And you know, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of this, you know, convenience in all these other films. I get it, but that doesn't change the fact that in this film there was so much convenience that it bothered me. And like, you know, the fact that well, this happens in other films is an excuse for it to happen in your film. It's just your reason, and you know you, you can disagree with that or agree with that. You know, depends on where you are. I think if you're an Indiana fan, you'll probably like this because we got two people that know the films and enjoy the films, and to some degree, and you're both about middle on it. Where I'm not, and I'm I'm below that. So I think that's a fair way to kind of gauge if you want to spend your money at the movie theater for this. Fair enough. And just as a just as a, I I, I took the time earlier this week to rate them all. I think Raiders is an eight point five. I think Temple is a seven. Temple of Doom. Uh, Last Crusade, I, Last Crusade, I, I think is the nine. I will agree with you, Roger. I, I think that's the best of the three original. And Crystal Skull to me is a three. And so this one is a five five. I think it slots right in. It just things get worse <laughs> as we go on because filmmakers get worse. I think, but I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, I I think it's fair. And Chris, I think if you watch the first, the original three, if you can get them on Disney Plus, where, wherever you get them, I think you're. I, I mean, this is one of the few times where I think your tune on Crystal Skull versus Dial of Destiny will change. Because I, I think it has to because Crystal Skull does, does not talk to the other movies at all. It, there's nothing. I mean, I don't want to say there's nothing because there's characters are similar, but there's nothing. <laughs> Outside of characters being the same and their names and on the adventure, there's, there's nothing else that's Indiana Jones about that movie. But that's just me. That's just me. But, Roger, how do you feel about, you think his outlook might change on crystal skull versus dial probably but i mean if he never watches an Indiana jones movie it is what it is i agree i agree well chris i, I really hope you do watch them because those are pretty seminal movies there are good movies in there oh yeah legitimately no, i don't doubt it and you got if you watch them you got to watch them in the order because it, it matters gotcha okay even though temple of doom is a goes back before raiders of the lost ark it's still you need to see raiders first Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me for this somewhat divisive episode. This has been episode 338A of For Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Hey. hey! Each new episode posts every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on the podcast of your choice of the following five. Tuesday and Friday of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit health. More importantly, thank you for listening. Please check out the show at Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell one I am Matt Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. 
don't forget to check us out on social media, always posting things on Facebook and Twitter. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Insidious, The Red Door, and The Outlaws on Netflix.